stop taking livestock medication. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. It was the uh, boss from Office Space. <laughs> it's so fucking absurd. Fucking are dumb. What the drug that they're trying to get from the dewormer is what? Ivamectin? Ivamectin? Something like that? Or something like that. That's yeah. in the horse dewormer ship, but yeah. there's lots of things that you as a human cannot take what horses or livestock take. To be fair and balanced, it is sometimes used to treat parasitic worms in humans. Yes. As well. Parasitic worms. Right. But we're not talking about worms. No, 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 I know. <laughs> dilution for the horse warmer is not diluted like the human. No, no, it's not. <laughs> but the, the the medicine can be used in humans yes. for certain things. But at a very sm- much smaller dose. <laughs> I mean, people take horse tranquilizers all the time with fucking ketamine and shit, so. Yes, and that's not good either. I mean, it's right. basically the same as uh, fentanyl that they're taking. And that has been killing people the left other, and right. The other thing that I've been seeing floating around here recently is, remember, this is or the history of trust the science. Mm-hmm. And it's like the like four posters of like companies advocating their things. Like, there's the best, this is bestos. And <laughs> you're pregnant, have a cigarette. It's It'll help the baby. And like all these other things. And it's like... Mm. I think you're mistaking trust the science with capitalism. Advertising, <laughs> yes. Not the same thing. <laughs> no, that was when capitalism was running rampant. And nowadays they've admitted that that shit was wrong. Now, you do have capitalism running the show from time to time when it comes to science, at the very least. Obviously, yeah. capitalism is running rampant when it comes to like anything else. But when it comes to science, mainly capitalism isn't like the forerun forefront runner when it comes to scientists actually doing scientific good work. Yeah. Usually. There are outliers with everything, so obviously that one of one of my favorite things is, you know, the, the, the capitalism is the best form of anything in the in the entire world and stuff. Okay, cool. These private businesses are telling me I got to wear a fucking mask to go into their business. Yep. Hey, you know what that's called? Capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> private businesses are allowed to make rules for their private Capitalism, businesses. baby. <laughs> so fucking stupid when people start arguing about a privately owned business, telling them what to do. They have that right. I always make the argument, like, depending on where I am, like, the store up the road could make me drop my pants and do the chicken dance every time I walk in. <laughs> like, if they had that posted on their door... I'd be obligated to follow that rule going into their business. Would it change their sales? Potentially. I don't know which way to change it, whether it would be up or down, because... If people were required to enter into a store to do a chicken dance, I would probably shop shop there. Yeah, you you go there, you drop your pants, you do your chicken dance, you go get your shit, and then you get to watch everybody else coming in doing doing the drop pants chicken dance. You'd increase your sales. Right. <laughs> or you wouldn't. But they'd still be allowed to do it. Did you see the uh, the father uh, was at like a, a school board meeting and he was making a case for wearing masks and why it's okay for schools to mandate masks and businesses to mandate masks and all that. And as he was talking, he explained how he got there that day. He ran through four stop lights, but it was his right to run through them. Who cares what the... Lights were there for It's my right to ro- drive on the road how I want to. As he continues to make his speech, he's like, 
It's required for me to wear this jacket. I hate this jacket. I'm going to take it off. It's required for me to take this, wear this tie and this shirt for work. I'm taking it off. I don't want to. It's my right. And he gets down, basically down to his underwear. He's like, now do you see how absurd this fucking mask argument is? It's it's the I same fucking concept. I haven't seen that, but I think it's fucking great. Yes. It's it's brilliant. He's just standing there basically almost naked and making the argument where masks are pretty much the same thing where you have to wear clothes, you have to be a decent human being in public. So Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about today. <sighs> Speaking uh, sorry, I had a really big going. Speaking of capitalism running rampant, that's basically a byline in this movie. With Trask and his people. Um, yeah, this week we are going to listen to, listen to, we are going to watch X-Men Days of Future Past. Well, we already already watched it. We already watched it. We're just going to hear us talk about it. (laughs) Um, before we get to that, I'm Greg Vance. And I'm Ryan Downing. And this is Nerdinian, or Nerdian, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, and we take apart any, well, not really, I keep saying take apart, but yes, we are taking apart a movie, but it's not in the malicious way, most of the time anyway. Yeah, there are, I mean, there are... There are a few that we've done that, yeah, we are ripping it apart. But every so often, or most time, most times we're not looking to tear it apart. But we are taking it apart, going scene by scene, beat by beat, and walking you through the movie. If you haven't seen this movie, I don't know what you're doing here at this point. We are going to spoil this movie. It came out in 2014. Yeah, seven years, so... Yeah, this movie is going to be spoiled I don't necessarily think we need spoiler warnings for a seven-year-old movie. Just but as a just heads in up. case, yes, yes, it doesn't need to be extensive. As say, like with uh, last week's with the Suicide Squad, but just heads up, we are going to spoil the shit out of this movie. Also, before we get into the episode, I want you to make sure you go and like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Make sure you follow us on all the normal. We don't have a Facebook page. I'm really not in the mood to deal with Facebook. I barely use my Facebook as it is. I'm borderlining on deleting it completely, but I want to keep Instagram, so it's that double-edged sword, because Instagram is owned by Facebook, so why wouldn't I get in, get rid of Instagram if I'm going to make a statement with Facebook? I'm just like, Facebook is way more detrimental at this point. I don't give a shit about Facebook right. anymore. Um, anyway, we have an Instagram, we have a Twitter. Go there, follow us, and get all the important updates about our podcast. All right, so this week, as so, I said... Also, another caveat, because this movie also... Stars Elliot Page, who mm. at the time was Ellen Page. Yeah. If we refer to his character as a woman, it's because it's a woman in this movie, not. Yeah, at the not, time, his pronouns not, were female. Right. We're she, not trying he is now to, transi- transition, or is in the process of transitioning. He, she, she is now a he. She now identifies as a he. Yes. That's what I'm trying to get at. Uh, it's not us trying his, to be His pricks. name is now Elliot. We're not trying to be assholes. We're not trying to be bigots. anti... Yeah, bigots or anti the community. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time that this came out, he was a she, mm-hmm. played a female character. So we may mix up the pronouns. Yes. It's not meant to be detrimental to Elliot. Mm-hmm. And I wish him luck in all of his future endeavors. I follow but. I follow him on Instagram. He looks good. Oh, do you? Yeah. He uh, what was it? Uh, was like Memorial Day or some No, 4th of July I think it was. Uh he went topless. And because now he's a man, right. he can. So. Yep. Um anyway, so let's get into this movie. I also want to point out this was directed by Brian Singer, so let's just get past that. Yes, we know. This was one of the uh big news items for this movie is that he was coming back to the X-Men franchise. We now know post this movie 
Brian Singer is a piece of shit. So yep. we've talked about it in the previous X-Men movies that we've talked right. about. This in no way is meant to emulate him in any way. Right, or to raise him up because he is a piece of garbage. Yep. Um, anyway, so it's also written by, it, well, it's not also written by, it's only written by Simon Kinberg, um, where I already mentioned the director, starring Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, Hugh Jackman, James A. I was going to say James Avery. I was like, nope, that's the cartoon guy. Uh, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence, Josh Hellman. Uh, I think this is how you pronounce her name, Bing Bing Fawn, uh, with the small appearances. But I think that's how you just Bing Bing and then F-A-N. But I think because I, she's Japanese or Chinese, think. it's Fawn, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, Nicholas Holt, Anna Paquin, Elliot Page, Peter Dinklage, Sean Ashmore, Omar Sy, Evan Peters, Daniel Cudmore, Adam Canto, uh, another like Native American name, similar to being, not similar, just the way it sounds. It sounds a bit weird. Um, so the name is Boo Boo Stewart. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's B-O-O-B-O-O. Boo Boo or Bobo Stewart. I don't know. Um, and that's pretty much it. We have appearances by um, Femke Jensen, um, Kelsey Grammer, and I'm blanking on the guy that plays Cyclops. Oh. Um. The guy that plays Cyclops. Nope, we that's not it. I was going to go, oh yeah, Scott Summers. <laughs> no. Wait, no. that's. I- I'm blanking on it. James Marsden. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We have appearances by them, but much later in the movie. Um, so this movie is about the Days of Future Past comic book. Now... The original one that was written by Chris Claremont and I think Stan Lee. I think Stan I th- had a yeah, I think so. Dealt with it a little bit, um, but it Chris, has been a long time since I read the Days of Future Past comic. Right, um, but the one I have, so the Days of Future Past comic isn't that long. Like the original one with like Wolverine and Kitty Pride in front of like uh, wanted posters of all the different X Men. Yeah, like some of them taken out. It's not that long. Most of it's filled with like Wolverine stories and shit like that. So, so it's not a very big story that this movie's based upon. It has been expounded upon since, but the main one that everybody went nuts for back in the eighties was right. Maybe half a book, like trade paperback. Um. Anyway, so let's get into this movie. Uh, and it starts with I was going to read off that. Uh, it starts with an opening monologue by Xavier. I mean, we see during this mo- opening monologue of Sentinels uh, guarding a bunch of mutants along with mutant sympathi- sympathizers like humans, shit like that. And we have Xavier doing an open monologue that he's done in the past. And we should also mention, like, this was a big deal for this movie coming out. Like, this was the start of the uh, comic book renaissance that's now currently going on. Um, with the X-Men movie, the very first one, everything, like we've made the argument before, yes, everything predates or follows the first X-Men with right. Blade coming before it and like a few other outliers, but X-Men is really what started, what started the whole movement to begin with. So all these uh, actors coming back for X-Men Days of Future Past was a big deal at the time, especially this is post Marvel doing their thing. I think this is after... I think I think uh, Age of Apocalypse is either about to come out or has come out at this point. One or the other. It's like a month or two no. before Days of Future Past or a month or two after Days of Future Past. Because I know the two Quicksilvers were Age out of, around Age of Ultron. Yeah, what did I say? Age of Apocalypse. Oh, yeah, Age of Ultron. 
Marvel's Age of Ultron was coming out around the same it's time. Like, wait, something doesn't sound right. Yeah. Uh, Apocalypse. Apocalypse is the next movie. X-Men movie. I mean, it's yeah. not the next movie. It's the next X-Men movie. The next movie we're going to be talking about is Deadpool. Um, anyway, so we have the opening monologue from Xavier, and it pretty much says this. I wrote it down word for word as best I could as I was watching the movie. Uh, the future, a dark, desolate world. A world of war, suffering, loss on both sides. Mutants and the humans who dared to help them. Fighting an enemy we cannot defeat. Are we destined down this path, destined, destined to destroy ourselves like so many species before us, or can we evolve fast enough to change ourselves, change our fate? And then we go into like the normal um, X Men like uh, opening credits with like you see like the double heel, the double DNA helix structures and all that. We see like uh, like bits of tech, uh, technology coming in and shit. This is just very reminiscent of the very first X Men movie that we got where. We had the camera zooming around, all like the right. mutant DNA and shit. Um, and then we open up onto I think it's the 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 young cast in like a hideout. I think this is when we first get introduced to the the Bishop, Kitty, Blink, Blink, Iceman, uh, Sun. What is the name of the character? Sunspot. So yeah, the the first ones we get introduced to are Warpath, Blink, Sunspot, Kitty, Bishop, Colossus, and Iceman. They're all in this hideout, and Warpath, uh, I guess because his ability is to sense when a nearby enemy is approaching, he senses them, warns everybody. We see Bishop getting charged up by um, Blink. That's part of his like he can be charged up with his gun by other mutants' abilities. Well, he. Um... Bishop has the ability to internalize any energy thrown at him. Um, the gun is what helps him manifest, basically, what, well, like centralize where he's going to shoot. Level it. it out. If he ingests too much, he'll explode, which, which is what we get in later. Yeah, in the which movie. you see later. Um, but the yeah, the gun lets him fire off. Some of use it as a weapon, yeah, and use it as a weapon. That's why he reaches out with his hand and blink, like puts in some of her energy into him, and he's able to charge right. up the weapon. Um, we see uh, Iceman. We, we see Kitty take uh, Bishop, and they just start running through the different levels. And we see Iceman, Sunspot, Colossus all gear up, ready for these uh, the Sentinels to hit the base. Um, which side note, not a huge fan of the way these future Sentinels look. I just don't like the way that they look. I I know the big bulky ones. I did, it's from the comics, but I really like the big bulky ones. Yeah, I do too. We get a little bit of that the, in the seventy three version of the Sentinels, but the just emaciated looking Colossus just doesn't do it for me. It just looks weird compared to what I know what the or the Sentinels should look like. It just looks fucking weird. Right. Um. Anyway, so yeah, all these Sentinels end up attacking the base, and they just start. Fucking wrecking shop right away. We see a few of the mutants start using their abilities. We see Blink trying to throw... What is it? Well, she's, like, making portals and throwing Warpath. Yeah, Warpath through them. Through them. Or, well, he's jumping through them Mm -hmm. and, like, onto the back of the heads of some of the Sentinels. Gaining momentum. Stabbing at them. And she's opening other portals to stop attacks from Yeah, and we have Sunspot, like, lighting up, like, a giant fucking sun and like a human torch very reminiscent of that um and he's trying to melt them down to nothing we have Iceman trying Which to freeze them not working nothing's working it well it, it initially you think oh well maybe they are maybe this sentinel threat is not 
a big as deal. As bad as it is. Uh, but then we see the Sentinel starting to adapt to everything. We see the one fighting Sunspot starting to freeze up and harden like Iceman. We see the one fighting Iceman starting to like get into like a molten state, almost like lava, and fighting Iceman. Um, we have uh, we also have Colossus besting one is just beating the shit out of it, and we see that one um, basically like hardening up into like a, almost like an adamantium type metal. We don't see a diamond up in this one. We see a diamond up later on. I can't remember if it's in the first scene where he's fighting them or a, a later scene when Colossus is fighting them. But, like, he's fighting one, and it grabs his hand, and then it, like, not really absorbs, but it becomes the same metal mm. as him. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, go fuck. Yeah. And it just beats the shit out of him. And then it the shit out of him. Um, we see one of the Sentinels grab Bobby by the neck and then just squeeze really hard. Iceman at this point. We see uh, one grab Iceman by the neck and just squeeze really hard. We hear some things crack, and we see the ice just snap around his neck. And then they drop the body, and the head falls off. In ice form, of course. Um, during this whole skirmish with all the Sentinels and all the, the rest of the team, we have Kitty and Bishop in this, like, big, like, uh, almost vault. Vo- vault, almost, like. Um, and we have Kitty over Bishop's head. He's passed out at this point, and she's just, like, doing something to him. Like, energy is around his forehead. We don't know at this point what she's doing. We just know something's going on. Um, and basically all the X-Men get their asses kicked to, uh, get their hand, their asses handed to them. We see Warpath trying to, uh, attack the Sentinels in some way. They best him. Well, they've, they've killed most of them. Yes. At I, this point. I think it's Warpath and Blink that are still, Warpath, uh, doesn't end until the very end of yeah, the. Yeah, Warpath is the last one left alive and he stands in front of the vault, vault door. Before they with melt his, it down. With yeah. his knife. Mm-hmm. Out and then Blink. it just kind of cuts away from him. Well, I thought that they, the, like, the, the three of them, the three sentinels that are there, uh, burst out like all these energy beams right through Warpath into the vault door. They melt the vault door, and right as they're about to, it could be, and like one crawls in, ro- and crawls as through it the hole, crawls in, Kitty, Kitty Pride, uh, she says, like, try says, again, like, you're, asshole. you're too late, yeah. Um, and right as she says, you're too late, we then see all of time slow down, and then they blink out of existence, and nobody's there. The There's no it's remnants a, of them yeah, ever being empty. And then we cut room. to uh, at a different point in time, and uh, we have Xavier uh, like trying to locate somebody. We're not sure her, who he's with, Xavier and Wolverine and Storm. We just don't know who he's Magneto. trying to locate. Xavier's looking for somebody he's with. Who was I? I thought you said Magneto. No, you said Xavier is with Xavier. Oh. <laughs> okay, Magneto is with Xavier and Wolverine and Storm, and they're in a much, like, uh, almost souped-up version of um, the Quinn, or the, the... Blackbird. Blackbird that we got in the first few movies. Um, they end up finding what they're looking for, and they end up going to where the team is now held up, where Kitty Pride. Um, Iceman, Warpath, Colossus, all of them are now being held up, and it's almost... They don't really tell us the location, but it's almost like a Tibetan temple, like carved in the side of a mountain type place that they are now in. Yeah. Um, and they just hold up there, not sure what to do. And then we, we get the indication that this is their life now. They go someplace, they hold up for a little while, and that uh, once the Sentinels come, they figure out a way to go back in the past a few weeks. And Kitty says this as much to Xavier. Well, yeah, whenever they first land, Kitty and uh, Bobby, I think, are talking to mm-hmm. them. Basically saying, you know, this is this is what we do now. Like, 
Bishop can go back in about time a week. about a week mm. and warn us that the Sentinels are coming to our place and then Blink scouts a new location and then we go there. So whenever the Sentinels show up where we were supposed to be, we're not there mm. because we've already moved on. Moved on because or the that that future reality is no longer their reality. They are able to remove it from existence entirely. Um, and that's what their plan is. That's why they wanted to bring everybody together. Which is my first problem with this movie. What? So if they remove that from existence, if they were going to go there, but now they're not because the Sentinels are going to show up. Mm-hmm. But now the Sentinels are no longer going to show up there. Meaning that that is once again a safe area. So they yeah, could eventually. go there. Eventually, I don't think they're going to want to go back there that quickly. What I'm saying is they've removed the need for the Sentinels to go there in the first place, meaning that the Sentinels won't go there in the first place, meaning that it is once again a safe But it would just be a time loop at that point, because then they eventually just get caught. Well, I mean, everything that they're doing is a fucking time loop. (laughs) Well, yeah, at this point, because, yeah, they're just trying to survive one day at a time at this point. The moment the Sentinels find out, yeah, they send Bishop back in time, and then they go out and scout a new location. Um, and yeah, this is why, uh, Bobby and Kitty brought Xavier and all them. Basically it was like the B league talking to the A league and trying to bring the A league into the B league's plan. Cause the B league has this plan and the B league. No, the A league has the plan. I thought, it, no, I thought it was the B league. No, the B league's like, this is, this is our life. This is all we can do. And Xavier's like, well, what if we could send someone back far enough uh, that's right. that, you wouldn't have to live on the run anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you would be able to entirely change our futures, entirely change the future by sending someone back far enough. And Kitty Pride's like, no, we can't. Like nobody can handle the stress. Eventually, of going the mind back that snaps. Far. The mind, the mind disintegrates mm. at a certain point. Like that's why it's only safe to send him back this far. And Wolverine's like, well, what if you had somebody whose mind heals as fast as it is destroyed? Meaning himself. Yep. And the professor's like, yes, you could send him all the way back to the very beginning. Yeah, and then we also, they also, before they come up with the plan to send him back, they also, or maybe it's right at this point, they decide on what point they're going to send him back to. Yeah. Um, And the point that they decide to send him back to is 1973, just after the fall of Saigon. And it's right whenever uh, we get the story of what happens to Mystique. Obviously, you have to ignore the continuity in the first X-Men movies because what happens in this movie doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, if you want to compare it, because well, why con- continuity is not something. Even that the if the X-Men original storyline from this movie for. stuck around, why is if Mystique was caught by Trask in their fucking storyline, why is she then in the other X-Men movies? I think that much like the comic book, this happens outside of normal canon. Like the Days of Future Past mm. is its own canon. Right. It doesn't go into any other X-Men comic books or anything like that. It was written kind of like uh kind of like Marvel's what ifs okay. that are coming out now. Mm. Where what if this happened instead? So it ignores the continuity that already exists, but they don't make that clear in the movie. They make it seem no, like they it's don't. All one they continuous don't continuity. So I'm just like, 
In 73, if she killed someone and she was captured by those people, then why would she be in 99 helping Magneto? But they do both. (laughs) It's just, obviously Fox didn't care about explaining any of this. They're like, you're in this movie, you like these characters, here are these characters in this situation. That's pretty much what Fox was like. Who gives a shit about the previous movies? Obviously, some of those you didn't like, let's move on. Um, <laughs> I think that's what their mentality was because obviously if you talk about it far, far enough, some of it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, anyway, and they talk about Mystique and what she has done, um, in 1973 after she leaves Xavier, after her and Magneto just say fuck, fuck you to Xavier and, uh, his academy and everything. Um, and she ends up going to, um, Paris where the Paris, uh, uh Accords are going on. I think it's Paris Accords. Well, they don't. They don't say where it happens. No, it's Paris. Think. No. Well, they, I know that it is in the, but I don't think they tell Wolverine where she kills him at. Okay. She. He just tells them that she kills Trask is captured by the people yeah, working after with she him, kills him after she kills him, and so Trask is, um someone who is trying to develop the Sentinel program. Mm -hmm. There's not much support for it. No. Until Mystique kills Trask. And then everybody is like, oh no, we should do this. And that's where the Sentinels come from. And they end up capturing her and using her unique abilities to make the Sentinels be able to adapt Mm -hmm. to whatever power is Mm -hmm. thrown at them. Yep. Which is why they look like they do, which is kind of mystique Yes. Which I don't mind the the fins coming up and morphing into something else. It's just the static image of them with the bulbous head and the tiny-ass body. It just looks ridiculous. Yes, it does. Um, I'll, I'll absolutely agree with you. Um, and we also get um, Iceman and Kitty, who are like the, the leaders of this group. Yeah, yeah. The B-League. Of the B-League are like, we have to, you know, we have to put this plan that you have to a vote because the Sentinels are going to come at some point. Mm, that's inevitable. It's going and to happen. we won't be able to run if they show up mm. while we're doing this. And if we change history, then there's a chance some of these people won't be born, yada, yada, yada. And so we have to vote. To see if it's, you know, and Xavier is basically like, you know, even if some of these people won't be born, they're trading their lives for a better for life. For a better life for everyone else. Yeah. For the rest of their kind. Mm-hmm. And he's like, they've they've already all voted. Yeah. Xavier says this as much. Yeah, like, they, like, there's a beat that's held on the entire group as the camera pans around, and yeah. Xavier right away is like, they've already voted. And then we go into it right away. Um, and it, we should also note, as he's laying down, we have Magneto and Xavier just talking him through and explaining certain things about what's going on at the time. Uh, obviously, Wolverine doesn't know where he's at because it, they're still holding on to the continuity that at some point Wolverine's memory gets wiped completely. Um, so he doesn't know after a certain point what his past entails. So he doesn't know what the fuck, where he's going to end up, what he's going to be doing whenever he goes back to the past. Um, well, I'd say there's some of that, but then at the same time, like, I don't necessarily think that it's because, oh, I don't remember my past. It's because, Greg, 
Do you remember what you had for lunch your first day of kindergarten? I know it was something with milk. I know a vague no, what, idea. What did you eat? I know. Like, what was the food that you <laughs> he, ate? He would have an, a vague idea, especially as where it was involving someone shooting at him. You'd probably remember some small detail. But it's Wolverine. He gets <laughs> shot at like, oh, well, I've been shot at 14 times. Must be Tuesday. <laughs> like, uh, Anyway. He See, gets shot more than the paper targets that exist in the world. Right. Like, he's shot all the time. So... I don't think that it would be that. I don't know. I I mean, sleeping with a mobster's daughter, that's kind of different. He but. obviously also works for the mob as some sort of like enforcer. So right. you would think you would remember. If he didn't have his memory wiped at any point, you would think you would remember, oh, yeah, I used to work for the mob back in the 70s or something along those lines. Right, right. He would, he would have a vague recollection. Yeah, I, I, I I'm not expecting him to have a like a, what, what is that memory technique? Eidetic memory. Eidetic memory. I wouldn't expect that, but yeah. He would have some understanding where he was in 73. So I think they are indicating that he doesn't remember because obviously his mind's been fucked up. Right. Um, and depending on if they're going off of what happened in X-Men Origins, I hope they aren't. But at the very least, from the very first X-Men movie, he doesn't know. Right. He's, past a he's always, point. in every movie, he's had yeah. he's problems like, with his. What's my past? I don't know where I right. come from. Bullshit. Um, anyway. Uh, and Xavier and Magneto are explaining to him that they are m- very different people than what they are now. That Xavier is not the man he knows today. He's very lost. He's very fucking beaten and battered. And, and he basically down on tells Wolverine, you're going to have to do for me what I did for you once. Like, you're going to have to, like, lead me and teach me and show me, like, gently. Mm-hmm. Like, don't just ham fist it. Like... Use a little bit of nuance and subtlety <laughs> yeah. in your in <laughs> your approach. Don't be you about it. In your approach to me, and he's like, "Okay, where am I supposed to find you?" And Magneto's just like, "Funny story." <laughs> so, um, in and prison. we don't know. Oh yeah, I, I thought he said he's in prison. I don't. I don't remember. I don't. Maybe they are vague about it the entire time because yeah, we don't know what's going on. At all with Magneto. We just know he's held somewhere. Right. And he's like, actually, it's a funny story. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. He lays down on the table. Kitty Pride starts using her magic to send him back to the past. And boom. He's waking up on a waterbed in 1973. And one thing I also managed to find out while I was looking up certain uh, facts about this movie. Apparently, the scene was supposed to be of Wolverine and boxers. But Hugh Jackman apparently fought for him to wake up completely naked for whatever reason. I mean, the man's fucking shredded to no other. I mean, he's in his mid fifties by the time they made this movie and look at him in this movie. By the time he gets up and he's get all veiny and fucking like his fucking abs have abs at this point. It's fucking insane. So obviously when he's in his seventies, probably not going to look like that. So every so often he'd probably just pop on this movie. He's like, look, Look at that ass. Mm. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, he wakes up. Damn, he's around. a thick boy. Mm. <laughs> right. Uh, he sees that there's a woman in his bed. He's not sure why. And then, boom, I think like three or four uh, mafiosos three. come in. And they're like, what the fuck is going on? You're meant to protect the mo- boss's daughter, not sleep with her. And they tell her to get up. Uh, and Wolverine's like, I don't know who she is. And she's like, James, you know me. I was like, I'm sorry. Don't know. You see her kind of hurt from it, apparently. Um, and then, uh, the, the mafiosos tell her to get her clothes on 
And Wolverine's telling these guys, get the fuck out of here. You don't want to deal with me. I'm very bad news. Get the hell out of here. Oh, one other thing that we should mention. They tell him that he has to remain calm and centered mm. or his brain will break the tether or yeah, whatever and yeah. end up back in the future. And nothing that he does in the past immediately well, impacts it. the future. Yeah. It waits until he comes back or wakes up for it to have any effect have any effect or whatever um yeah so the guys whip out their guns and they are basically i forget what they say they basically are basically they are basically telling him fuck yourself we're gonna plug you with a bunch of bullets and wolverine busts out his claws he's like oh yeah i've got these whips out his claws and he's right away he's like oh shit these are the bone ones not the metal ones um See, he, they, for whatever reason, they keep this joke in, but he whips out his hands like he's about to ready to pounce on them, and he hits the waterbed, spraying water all over the place. Um, the guys start plugging in with bullets. He gets up. The bullets come out, push out of his skin, and he just fucking beats the shit. How I think he kills one or two of them. Um, I don't think he kills anybody. I don't remember if he does um, or not. Because he mentions, like, in the wind-up to him being shot... He's like, you guys don't want to do this. We've been down this road before. All it ends is with you in the hospital. Or I've been down this road before. Mm. All it ends with is you in the hospital. Yes. And they're like, fuck you. I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. And, and they then just they shoot him, on him and nothing happens. And the bullets push out and they're like, oh, fuck. Yep. And he's like, retain my calm. <laughs> 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 yes. uh, he manages to get the keys from the one guy. Uh, and then he back outside at this point, fully dressed. Um, with the guy's keys, he recognizes, he sees like a lucky foot on the keychain. A rabbit's foot. Rabbit foot the, on the keychain. And then he sees the, the what was it, the vanity plate says like lucky or something like that. Lucky you or lucky yeah. me or something uh, like that. And then he puts two and two together. He's like, oh, oh, this is probably the car. Uh, he gets in it and the girl from the bed is in the car with him. And he's like, look, I'm bad news. Get the fuck out of here. Lay low for a few days, but you're, get the hell out of here. You're going to want to lay low starting now. Yes. Like, go. It. Uh, and then he drives off. I think we then cut to um, over in D.C. Trask is meeting some sort of like uh, committee of some sort, to try, some sort of like financial budgetary committee to tell him if he's still like got a the Senate, funding. A Senate hearing yeah, or something. To tell him basically they're judging on whether or not if he still has the funding from the U.S. government to fund his Sentinel program. Um, and the senators that are there are not having any of it. Trask is trying to make his case. They don't give a shit. They're like. This is not uh, proving any results. It's worthless. We're shutting you down. Cut to uh, Wolverine now back at Xavier's mansion. And I only mentioned the Trask thing because of what happens in Paris right. with uh, the Vietnamese. Um, we cut to Wolverine now outside of Xavier's mansion. He's knocking on the door. Um, I was going to say Nicholas Holt. And I was like, nope, that's the actor. Uh, Hank McCoy an- uh, answers the door. And Wolverine right away is like, oh, Beast, what are you doing here? Oh, I completely forgot. We're, we're friends in the future. Really good friends. And he pushes his way through into well, the mansion. And he's just like, oh, Beast. He's like, no, it's not, I'm, I'm Hank. He's like, I'm here to see the professor. And he's like, oh, there's no professor here. Yeah. And he tries to shut the door, but Wolverine Logan is like, no. insistent and pushes back against it. And he's like, oh, you're pretty strong. You sure you don't have a little bit of the Beast in you? <laughs> yes. And it's just like a running gag for this whole scene of like he knows who he's Hank is. Yeah, and finally, whenever he pushes his way in, 
And he's like, I know it doesn't seem like it right now, and I just seem like some asshole, but you and I are actually really good friends in the future. And then he punches him right in the fucking nose and then walks up the stairs. Does he punch him in the yeah, nose? Yeah, he punches him right in the fucking nose. What for? Wolverine punches Hank in the nose. Yeah, but what for? To get him off of him so he can go and look for the professor. Is that it? Yeah. I don't remember him punching him in the oh, nose. Oh, no, he punches him right in the fucking face. I know they get in a scuffle here in a bit, but I don't remember. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's how he's he, down, and then he's like, that's oh, how fuck he turns this. Into the, yeah, that's right. Into Beast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's down. He's nursing his now bloody nose, a little bit of a bloody nose, anyway. Um, we see uh, Wolverine walk up the steps, just yelling, Xavier, are you here? We see Beast. We see Hank turn into the Beast, and we see Wolverine down a hall, and then all we see is fucking Beast, like doing his uh, wall running down the hall. And immediately pounces on Wolverine. And then we cut to the main foyer that they were at. And all we hear is a scuffle going on. And then we see from one end of the foyer to the other end, Wolverine going by. <laughs> yep. Lands on the other set of steps. And then he gets picked up. Or Beast lands on him again. Mm-hmm. Picks him up. Throws him. To like where the, the, there's like a nearby table. Like and, a table. And uh, Beast, like. Does like a somersault in the air, grabs with his feet onto the nearby chandelier and like holds above Wolverine, like ready to slash at his face. He snarls. Wolverine's just expecting pain. And then we hear Xavier or Hank. He yells, Hank, I think. What are you doing? And then we see Hank uh, basically like settle down a bit, sees that Xavier's coming down the steps. Wolverine is completely flabbergasted by this. It's fucking Xavier on his feet walking. Right, walking. He shouldn't be at this point in his life. Because we should also mention that this movie does follow the timeline when it comes to um, X-Men First Class. Right. So we have a lot of what happens in First Class. Oh, and we also... um, One of the things that the professor tells Wolverine before he sends him back is that where I'm sending you, I don't have my powers. Mm -hmm. So I can't... Just read your mind and know what's going on. So you're going to have to convince me that you are who you say you are. Um, Yeah, so Wolverine's just completely, like, lost. Like, he doesn't understand why Xavier's able to walk, but then he understands very fucking quickly what he means by he's not the person that he says he is because he's not able to read his mind. He's not the person that he is in the future. In the future, anyway. And um, Wolverine's trying to convince Xavier that he and Magneto are best friends in the future, and that they sent him back to the past to try to prevent their future. And Xavier and Hank are having none of it. They don't believe him for an instant, at the beginning anyway. And Well, he doesn't, he's like, he doesn't say anything about Magneto yet. He's just like, you know, you sent me back here. Oh, that's right. You and I are friends in the future. And you sent me back here to help, for, for me to get you to help stop that future from coming true. Mm. And then the professor's like, yeah, no, that's not it. Like, get the fuck out of my house. And he's like, no, you first discovered your powers when, when you were, were nine, when you were nine, yeah. you thought that you were crazy until you realized that it was other people's voices when you were 12. Yeah. And he like walks him through certain things that the professor has told him. Mm. And he's like, I've never told anybody that. He's like, you, you haven't, haven't yet. Yet. Um, and then this is where we get Xavier believing him full heartedly. He's like, Hank, get this man a drink. We then cut to um, a military camp outside of, uh, it's in Vietnam. Obviously, this is at the end of the Vietnam War. And I believe it's outside Saigon, just after the fall, obviously. 
Um, and we have all these military troops, like, packing up gear, getting ready to go. We see one military man, a young William Stryker, walk into a nearby camp. And he's walking into where other mutants are. We see Toad. We I looked it up. We, there's a character with, like, a bunch of spikes all over its head and down his cheek. But I'm like, that's no one I know of. Yeah, um, I think I it's just either. made for the movie. But the character's name is just Daniels in the movie. So I have no idea. It doesn't have a... Mutant name or anything like that. We see Toad and Daniel's ability is just that he can make people lose their balance. And because of that, they end up passing out. Um, We see Ink and we see Havoc in there as well. All military men, all dressed in military garb. They're basically being told to hold here while they uh, are being taken somewhere else. We see a general. They're being quarantined. Yeah, we see we see some general come in and he's got a few men with him. And uh, they're basically, at this point, he doesn't say as much, but the general's telling William Stryker that these men are to be taken away to a special facility and basically worked on. Um, Yeah, you got it backwards. The general is the one that walks in and, like, they're being guarded and he's like, I just want to go say goodbye to my boys. And the, the guards are like, okay, fine. Sends him in and he's in there talking to them. But I thought Mystique then, was William Stryker. In this. No. Stryker is the one that walks in. It's private contractor, I think. I'm almost positive. Either way. Because she walks in as the old guy. The point is is that they're, the mutants are in this uh, this uh, like tent area. They're being told to stay here. They're obviously being sent somewhere else to be experimented on. And someone comes in. I thought he, she was dressed as or morphed into as William Stryker. Either way, she's dressed as a military man with some sort of pole. It's not working to try to keep them here so she can send them somewhere else. She then immediately morphs into her mystique self and kicks the living shit out of anybody in her way. We see Toad helping her out. We see Havoc doing a little bit of something. He recognizes mystique right away, obviously, from the X-Men first class. Um, Ink turns a a portion of his ink into, like, radioactive, the radioactive symbol. And we see a few of the uh, nearby doctors, like, starting to throw up. Throw up. Um, we see Daniel. Well, they're all they're all kind of helping. Havoc doesn't do much of anything. I think he and trips then, like someone or something like that. Yeah, and then uh, at the very end, um, Mystique has somebody that like she's gonna break his neck or something, mm. and Havoc says Raven. Yeah, and she's like, "That's not my name," and then Havoc just blasts the dude out of her hands. Preventing him from being killed. Yep. Um, and then she takes them. Yeah, she she to, she morphs back into the general person that she was before, and she escorts them into a nearby chopper, thus helping them from being you know experimented right. on. Send you know take my boys home. And she also mentions to havoc before they take off. The war is not over. Um, be prepared, brothers, or something like that. Right, because. As, as they're all getting on the plane, Havoc turns around and says, you're not coming with us, are you? She's like, no, I still have more to do. And as the plane takes off, she turns around and morphs into somebody else mm-hmm. and walks away. Yeah. Uh, we then come back. Striker comes out of the tent. And it's like, where do they go? Oh, uh, yeah. And the guards are like, oh, over there to the, to, the, to the plane. And he sees the plane taking off. And he's like, ah, fiddlesticks. Because <laughs> uh, it's the 70s. And people aren't as... Liberal with the word fuck. <laughs> uh, we then cut to uh, Xavier, Wolverine, and Hank all having a drink. And Xavier and Hank are listening to Wolverine's story about him being sent 
basically what he just said in the previous scene, but more detail at this point. And Xavier has no idea how to accomplish this task whatsoever. He doesn't understand what Wolverine needs him to do. At this point, he's not Xavier, Professor Xavier. He's just Charles at this point. Um, and Hank is somewhat standoffish with this whole idea. He doesn't know how it's going to work. And then Wolverine mentions, well, it wasn't only you who sent me back. It was also Magneto. And they're both like, well, this is fucking insane because he's in prison. And um, I think Xavier's like, did he tell you where? And they're like, no. And they come up, I think they come up with like a little plan on how they're going to um, handle getting Mystique. Because Wolverine also explains to Xavier and them that they need to stop Mystique from killing Trask um, in the peace talks in the coming days. And we also get a small little snippet of how uh, the school went to shit after, a f- after about a semester of the school being, like, running. Um, and, yeah, it was because of the mutants and several of the professors and several of the teachers being drafted into Vietnam. Right. Thus resulting in barely anybody here and Xavier just lost interest completely. This is also where we get Hank's backstory about him coming up with a serum that uh, allows him to able to control his abilities, being able to transform into beast and back into his human form. And what gives Xavier the ability to walk, but not the ability to use his telekinesis whatsoever. Right. So they're using the Xavier storyline as an allegory of uh, a teacher addicted to heroin, um, which is interesting, just the way that they do it, because we also see Xavier, like... Shooting up. Shooting up. He wraps his arm, ties it off and everything, tourniquet. Um, we see him smack his arm. We see him with a syringe and a vial, and he puts it in his arm and does the same... Does the similar things that you would do if you were shooting up with heroin. Um, and then they come up with a plan, and we see it later in the day. They then come up... Uh, they don't. We don't see the plan that they come up when it comes to getting Magneto out, do we? Well, no. They um, they Wolverine says, "I know somebody who." Yeah, might Yeah, because be they're to like, help. "How would we even get in there? It's completely. It's protected one hundred percent. There's no way we'd get because into the Pentagon. His his prison is underneath the Pentagon. Yeah, they mention we're getting a bit of our head of ourselves. So Xavier mentions to Wolverine. Oh, he didn't tell you where he's being held at? And Wolverine's like, no, where's he being held at? And then we get uh, like a detailed plan of like a map of the Pentagon. And we get that there is an old bunker that was constructed back in World War II. It's mainly constructed out of glass and concrete, no metal whatsoever. In the center of the Pentagon. Right. And that's where he's being held. At the most guarded facility. The most secure place in the entire world. Yep. And uh, they're both, both Hank and Xavier are like, how the fuck are we going to get in there? There's no way in hell we can disrupt all the cameras and take out all the guards without being seen. And right away, Xavier's or uh, Wolverine's like, I may know a guy. He'd be about a kid in his early 20s at this point, but he may be able to help us. And we see this almost like this, like, look on, on Wolverine's face, like, he's a bit much, but he should be able to help us. And then we cut to... Uh, outside of the residence, and it's well, just... there's a. I want to say that, um, Wolverine's like, you know, you you just got to find him for me. And Xavier's like, How? I don't have my powers. Oh, that's right. And, and then Beast like, is I like, can't use well, three, bro. We, we have a phone book. 
Yeah, they're trying to come up with a way to try to figure out where uh, Quicksilver lives, and they don't. They, and Wolverine's like, "I wish you guys had the internet." And we get the scene with Xavier and Hank. He's like, "Internet? What's the internet?" And Wolverine just stares at him blankly. And then Hank is like, "Yeah, we have a phone book." Then we cut to their car pulling up to a mailbox that says Maximoff on it. Yep. Uh, they walk up to the house. They knock on the door, and uh, their mom right away is like, "What did he do now? Whatever he stole, I'll pay for it." And they're like, no, 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 we're not here for that. We just want to talk to him. Um, they walk into the house. We see a little girl like, I'm a prince. Say to Wolverine, I'm a princess. What are you? And we have Hugh Jackman just look at her in a very like stoic tone. He's like, I'm the Wolverine. And then fucks off, just leaving the little girl there. Um, they walk down to the basement and uh, Quicksilver is nowhere to be found. He's not sure or they're not sure where the fuck he is. And then all of a sudden they hear... We, they don't hear, see anybody right away, but then they hear all over the place. And then right behind them comes Quicksilver. And I forget what he says. Oh, he says, are you guys cops? No, he's just sitting on a couch. Yeah, I thought he says, are you guys cops? No, they see him as soon as they walk down the stairs. He's sitting on the couch. And he looks at him. And oh, he's no, like, he's playing ping pong. Or, yeah, that's Whenever he, they come down. Pong. That's right. It's later on after talking to him. Yeah, and whenever he's playing ping pong... So he asks, are you guys cops? No, you guys can't be cops. I saw the rental car. You guys are nowhere near, I think. D- no, not Well, they're trying, they're trying to find, he's trying to find out if they're CIA, FBI, mm. that's a, that yeah. sort of stuff. And you hear, and he takes out, I think it's the professor's wallet. Mm. Yeah, because he whips out, uh, what's the school of gifted youngsters? And he drops and it he on drops the, it on the thing and then runs back. And it's like, oh, that's something from... That's an old card. And he's like, give me that back. Um, And he's... (laughs) He's like, yep, you guys aren't CIA. So what do you want? Who are you? (laughs) Yeah, and he's playing Pong at this point. And he's just going really fucking fast. Like, everything he does. And I also want to point out, like, later on we see the outfit. It's a silver jacket with the character having silver hair. Look, I'm... Whatever. But I'm not a fan of... Well, his name is Quicksilver... So we must put him in some silver. See, I don't I don't even hate his outfit. Like it's kind of a whatever for me. It's just like on the nose. I'm like, yes, we know, silver, and you put him in silver. And Very he's quick. good. And so he's quick silver. Oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's just fucking ridiculous. I like his goggles more than anything. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're basically convincing him that they need his help to break someone out of prison. At first he's intrigued. He's like, why would I help you guys? And Like, what's in it for me? And Wolverine's just like, oh, you know, you could just uh, break into the most secure building in the world. Mm-hmm. And Quicksilver's like, oh, well, that piques my interest. Mm-hmm. So, like, what's the plan? Oh, but we should also mention before that, he's still trying to figure out who they are. And Xavier's like, just looks at him um, and just tells Wolverine, he's like, show, them, show him. And he just pulls out his claws. Wolverine's like, we're just like you. And, yeah, just slowly pulls out his claws. The kid says, ooh. I mean, it's awesome, but ooh. Um, we then cut to, um, I think it's just the, no, we just see, like, the uh, like the regular routine for inside this prison for Magneto. Mm-hmm. Um, we see the kitchen. We see them making some sort of meal, putting it on a plastic tray with a plastic cover over top. We see several guards with, like, plastic batons and plastic guns in their holsters as well. No metal whatsoever on any of their uniforms. It's all cloth and sewed on and, like, plastic buttons and whatnot. 
We see one of the guards enter into an elevator. Just as the elevator closes, we hear, and like his hat falls off of his head. Uh, the elevator door closes, and in the reflection, we see Quicksilver in the corner. The guy sees him, turns around. We see Quicksilver whoop out duct tape and smile at the guy. And then uh, it cuts to... To him. No, it cuts to uh, Charles, Hank, and Wolverine. I thought it cut to him, no. him out exiting there, the w- no, elevator. No, not yet. It's, it's intercut. Like, these two scenes are intercut. So, you see the three of them on the tour. And then you see Wolverine and... Charles, like, walk down a set of steps while Beast continues to walk forward. They throw something in a trash can. It's obvious they're, like, going off of the tour down towards where... Down towards where... <laughs> I did that a little too early. I had my finger right there just to wait until after you got... And it just, yeah, it popped. Uh, they, you see Charles and Wolverine walk down this set of steps. They throw something in a trash can. It's obvious they're trying to get deeper into the Pentagon... Um, you see Hank pull out this little thing and make all the TVs go warbly. <laughs> little thing. It's like this big bulky brick that he pulls out with like this eight foot fucking antenna that he, he extends out. Um, and yeah, we just see him hit a few buttons and we see all the uh, security, security camera cameras. monitors switch over to a Sanford and Son episode. Whoa. Yeah, you don't really see anything at the beginning. You just hear the. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we think I think this is when he's exit the elevator at this point. And yeah, he's in the guard's outfit completely with the hair pulled back, very clean cut and everything, just acting very guard like. He walks down the long hallway, stops. At, uh, it's like this rotating door that allows him to go in and out. He looks back at the guard. The guard opens the door. The door rotates. He steps through rotates again he walks down through the rest of it uh, walks into the cell sees magneto at with, there's like this plate of glass on the ground and he just sees where magneto is magneto's like laying on the one side um it's almost like a viewing room that they're in uh where you just imagine all these generals and stuff lining up around this big like round space looking down at magneto trying to figure out what to do with this man um it's almost like that like it's yeah. weird how it's set up uh, but he, we, in part, in a portion of the room, we have this like tube that slides down into the uh, cell for Magneto, and he drops the tray of food, and it slides right beside Magneto. Magneto looks at it, and he has a note in it. it says, "Mind the glass." He looks uh, up. Magneto looks up, and we see this big old smile on Quicksilver's face. He just puts his hands on the glass. We see his hands move real fast, vibrate the glass, and the glass shatters. And I believe. Yeah, we don't cut anywhere. He, he, Magneto comes out of the cell completely. Well, it cuts to like all of the guards, Doesn't and they hear like the like an alarm bell, and they all start getting ready and start running mm-hmm. that way. Okay, and then Magneto climbs up out and is like standing in front of the door. And yeah, and we see Quicksilver grab the back of his head, and Magneto's well, like, Quicks- "What?" Quicksilver's like talking to him too. Too, I think. Yeah, he's talking here. real fast. It's almost. He's like, like, "Oh, hey, I'm I'm here to break you out. I'm here with you know these people that I just met. Yeah, some stuff, friends of mine that I just met or, met or something like that. They they wanted to come and get you, and so we we're going to get you out now. Mm-hmm. And then he like very daintily like puts 
his head, his hand on the back of his head. And Magneto's like, in, in like two minutes, this door is going to open and there are going to be 20 guards that shoot at us and completely annihilate us. And Quicksilver is just like, I know that's what we're waiting on. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are you, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, and he says like a long string of words that. Well, he says is like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this so I, it'll protect you from a whiplash. And no, I, he doesn't say whiplash. He's like a, a, a force that will snap your head back and forth. And Magneto just kind of looks at him puzzledly. No, no. And he, he sighs said, and he very slowly goes, whiplash. No, I don't think it's like a long slur of like different like what will happen. I think it's just like, oh, I'm just holding your head back because I'm afraid that you're going to get whiplash. And Magneto just says what, and then he just yeah, just the long version of whiplash. I thought I thought I he gave think it's like I thought a long he gave like a, of a much more technical definition of what whiplash is. No, I don't. think And so. then whenever he looks at him inquisitively, he's like whiplash. No, because Magneto just says what, as in I know what you just said. What are you talking about? Type thing. Oh, maybe. I believe so. Anyway, regardless. The door opens, it like dings open, and all these guards are sitting right there with their guns trained on them, and right away, Magneto and All the Quicksilver. guards go flying, yep. and Magneto and Quicksilver are in the elevator. elevator. Yeah. And, and we see Magneto, like... like They're just kind of standing there. Magneto is the door closes. reacting to him being thrown through fucking, I guess, like space and time at this point. And he's almost like queasy, like, almost yeah, about like to throw, throw up. up. Um, we see the guard that is taped up uh, <laughs> on the inside wall of the elevator, and Quicksilver says as much. He's like, "Yeah, that happens sometimes. It'll it'll pass. Just give it some time. Just let it go." Uh, <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, so you like control magnets or something, huh?" My mom used to date a guy like that. Oh, well, before that, we also get this like small, like I don't know, this like character moment with Magneto because he's like trying to concentrate on like a small portion of the wall, and we see Quicksilver quickly change back into his normal garb with the jacket and everything, and then uh, Magneto looks over to him and does like a double take, like "What the fuck? You're at- you were just in the guard outfit. What the fuck?" And now he's back. It was just like this little moment of like this double take that Magneto does, just completely flabbergasted at just how quick this kid is. Um, yeah, and then we get the scene of, uh, I'm, I was told that you can control metal and stuff. And then he mentions, oh, my mother knew a guy who can do that at one point. And then we don't go anywhere further with it up until... But if you know anything from the comics, Magneto is um, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch's father. Right. And he's a terrible father. <laughs> yes. Um, Sends assassins after them whenever they're like five years old and stuff like that to make them. But strong. in the apocalypse movie, uh, immediately following this movie, the way that they handle Magneto being Quicksilver's son, Quicksilver pisses, being Magneto's son. Yes, Magneto being his father. Um, the way that they handle it in that movie just pisses me off. And we'll get to it when we get to it. But it's kind of. They approach like they're going to do something really interesting, but then they're just like, nah, forget it, and then just walk away yeah, from it. I don't remember it's exactly how absurd. it happens. But. Um, anyway, so yeah, the elevator ding, or no, we don't get them leaving the elevator just yet. We have um, Wolverine and Xavier, and all the alarms are blaring at this point. The uh, 
the the sprinkler system has gone off. Everything's pouring. All this water's pouring out. Um, we have all the kitchen aids leaving well, the they, kitchen. They set off the sprinkler system, mm. and um, as they set off the sprinkler system, Mag or not Magneto, um, Xavier and Wolverine like walk into the kitchen in suits. And they're like, everybody evacuate. Like, this is a. This well, is Xavier a real... is in a suit. Wolverine's just in his oh, yeah. leather pants and jean, or leather jacket and jean pants, looking very 70s, but not in a suit whatsoever. Right. And he's like, you know, we're with the agency, we're with the CILMNQPs. <laughs> uh, we need everybody to exit. And like, people are running out. Already, mm -hmm. but the two guards by the yeah. elevator are like, mm, not gonna happen. Sus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and Wolverine, Wolverine just rolls just... his eyes and just immediately dispatches the guys completely. He yeah. pushes the one guy off the side, grabs a frying pan, knocks the one guy out. The other guy that he pushed away comes up, hits that guy. They both fall to the ground. Um, and Xavier immediately, I'm sorry, I abhor uh, violence. And he approaches the elevator right well, when that happens. No, he's, he's just like, Wolverine just kind of turns around after he knocks these guys out and is like, do you have more? Like, is that, is that it? <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, sorry, I was trying to do it without violence because I abhor it. Yeah. And uh, right when he says that, the elevator dings, opens up. He sees Magneto. Magneto says Charles, and immediately, bam. Charles punches him right in the <laughs> fucking face. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, uh, they have a little back and forth for a few minutes about, oh, uh, you killed the pre He says as much. He's like, you killed the president. We don't find out why or anything like that. He's like, the bullet curved. I know it was you. That's all we get in this well, moment. Well, no, we get that before this moment. We get that whenever he says where he's That's at. right, and why he's there whenever he's talking to Wolverine. And they, they tell Wolverine, it's, it's like, like why he killed. Is, why is he under the Pentagon? Well, because he killed the president. Yeah, JFK. He killed JFK? How else do you think a bullet curved? Yep. Just not the dumbest conspiracy theory that I've heard. <laughs> Regarding the JFK assassination. <laughs> Just saying. Um, Mutants. I don't want to get time, into a JFK it's assassination. Time, it's time we learned the truth. <laughs> it was mutants. I wish it was. I wish it was that fantastical and not some just lone gunman. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. So after Xavier punches him, um, he's reeling from that attack. They're both just pissed off at each other at this point. And as they're having this bickering back and forth... A bunch of guards come storming into the fucking kitchen elevator entrance area. Um, and they start raising their guns to tell them to freeze. Uh, the four of them are lined up well, right there. Uh, one of the things that, like, Magneto, he's like, you're going to come and help us. And he's mm -hmm. like, it's not like I have any choice. All you get, all you have to do is, you know, I don't have my helmet. I don't helmet. have my helmet, yeah. And uh, Charles is like, I'm never going in that head again. And it's just, you know, kind of like standoffish and stuff. Hmm. And then whenever all the guards show up, he's like, okay, Charles, like, do your do your thing. Yep. Like, make them. Freeze them. Freeze them. Make them not want to shoot us. And Charles is basically just like, I can't. And, yeah, he, he, I don't think he says I can't, but he doesn't say anything because we see Magneto look at him like, what are you waiting for? They're about to shoot us. Fucking do something. And right when he does. All of time slows down completely. We see Quicksilver just moving at a regular pace, and then we hear it was the song "Time in a Bottle" or something like that. Yeah, it's "Time in a Bottle." 
Um, um, but yeah, like you see him put on his his headphones, headphones along with his gla- the goggles as well. Um, and he just goes to work. And you see him zipping around the room, but it's in slow pace, so he's like in normal speed for us. Um, he tastes some of the sauce that because we also. That's it. Before he goes into his fast speed, we also see all this like rumbling and shit, like all the pots and pans starting to rumble and like everything shoots up. Because Magneto is going to try to... I think it's perceived as Magneto is going to. I think that's just like the effect of him charging up to zoom up around the room. I, I suppose think it's it Quicksilver. Be. I don't think it's Magneto. Well, it looks like Magneto's going to throw knives yeah. at everybody. And Xavier thinks as much because everything just launches up in the air and... It, Xavier grabs onto Magneto right as everything stops completely and Quicksilver starts running around the room. Um, but yeah, Time in a Bottle is playing uh, and we just see Quicksilver going around the room. He's tasting some of the sauces being fl- uh, flung in the air. Um, we see him take one of the guard's fists and like take his gun out, point it towards his face and just basically use the inertia to just basically have the guy punch himself in the face when everything catches back up in time. We see him cross the arms of two guards as their bullets or as their guns are being fired. So whenever the whiplash happens with the guns, they hit each other in the face. He just pokes one in the cheek and you get like a really cool slow motion ripple Ripple across his face. Um, We also get him like giving like one guard a wedgie. So he like hoists him up in the air with like the wedgie, like really high up. Um, thus resulting in the guy, whenever he comes back in the normal time, like flipping over. Um, and then right at the last second, as he's positioning everybody, all the guards where he needs them to go, he then realizes, oh crap, the bullets are almost near the guys. And then we just see him like positioning all the bullets just to miss. He just the bullets out of the, out of the way of everybody with his finger. And then he runs back to the other side of the cops, grabs one of their hats and puts it on. Yes. Like, like a ball cap. Yeah. And right when he does that, all of time catches back up, and we see all the guards, like, reacting. The two guards with their arms crossed whip each other in the face. We see the guard that is punching himself, punch himself out clean. We see the guy with the wedgie just basically flip over completely, hit, like, a nearby counter, and fall to the ground. And I think that's it. The other guy that he, like, touched on the face just yeah, falls you, down. Yeah, just basically gets... It's like somebody imaginary just punched him in the face. And, and all the, the bullets up. zip past everybody. They're fine. Yeah, this all happens instantaneously. Like, all the plates and everything that were floating in the air fall back to the ground as everybody just gets manhandled by Quicksilver. And the three of them look over across the room. They see Quicksilver, and he's like, yeah, that's what I can do. Let's and go. <laughs> let's go. Uh, we cut back to an airfield, and it's just... Uh, the three of them entering into a private jet as they tell Quicksilver is like, don't do anything stupid. Take this car back for us if you could. Um, we then cut to, I think it's, um, Trask coming into his, um, building. Yep. Um, and yeah, his, uh, secretary is like, Trask, I didn't know you were still here. What are you doing here? I didn't know you were still here, sir. And he's like, oh, I just have to get a, uh, a few, a few documents. And then says, you know, is that a new scarf? It looks very nice. Yes. Like, oh, thank you. Uh, he enters into his office and transforms immediately into Mystique. And she is looking for any sort of information that she could use. About the Sentinel program, specifically. I don't know if she knows about the Sentinel program. I think she just wants to know where Trask is going to be. Oh, because they do say that they're taking the mutants to Trask Industries. Mm. And so she's just looking for anything. She sees a picture. She pulls the picture away. Yeah, it's a picture of... <laughs> It's a picture of Trask holding the uh, artificial leg of a child in a wheelchair. It, 
it's meant to be perceived as him giving the child an artificial leg who only has one leg and now has an artificial leg for him, the child to use. But, but it, it seems just like goes across as a, ha ha, got your leg. Yeah, it just seems like he just ran up to this child, put him in a wheelchair and stole their fucking leg. That's all it seems now like. Now paint it. <laughs> yeah. Now paint it. Uh, she removes the painting or at least like opens it like a door. And behind it, there's a panel for a thumbprint. She transforms her thumb back into Trask, scans it, it opens up, and it's all this secret information about the Sentinel program, about the other mutants. She opens up a file. She sees Azazel. She sees Angel. She sees several fucking mutants. And she sees that they these are all autopsy photos that she's looking at. They're and all I want to say on. it's all of the... Mutants from first class that are not in this movie. Yes, I know Azazel and Angel are among them. I'm not sure if we see Emma among them, but I know we see Angel and Azazel as well. I'm not sure. She goes through like four or five images. I know two of them are Angel and Azazel. I'm not sure who the other ones are. I can't remember exactly. Right. Um, but she's losing her shit. She's crying at this point because she sees they've all, they're all dead at this point. They've all been tortured, basically dismantled. Um, body parts taken apart and just experimented on um, from head to toe. Um, right as she's losing her shit, crying, uh, his sec- Trask's secretary comes in. He's like, Trask, I've got your, I've got like a a list of like meetings. Everybody or, that's going to be, be at the meeting or at something. At the meeting. Like um, and right whenever she comes into the room, uh, Trask comes around the corner, it's, it, or Mystique comes around the corner, asks Trask. And he's, we see the tear still down uh, her cheek, his cheek at this point. And his secretary's like, is there, is there anything Is there a wrong? problem? And he's like, he wipes it away. He's like, oh, no, no, no. Um, can you get me a list of my itinerary? I don't want to miss a thing. And she walks away. He looks at the list. And then we cut to them in the plane. Is it them in the plane? Is that yeah. the next scene? And so. um, yeah, we see Magneto walk past Wolverine. He goes to grab the paper that Wolverine is looking at. Wolverine pops out his claws and point sticks it into the paper. He's like, no, that's mine. Well, a Magneto walks away. And well, Magneto says, mm, wouldn't it be great if those were made of metal? metal. Yeah, that's right. Um, and as uh, Magneto in... It's before the Magneto and Xavier scene. So we have Wolverine and Magneto having this back and forth about how Wolverine has spent years trying to take out Magneto. Um, and he uses the famous, like, I've, tr- I spent my entire adult life taking, trying to take you down, Bob, or something like that. Um, cause Magneto is like, I thought we were friends or something along those lines. Well, yeah. And he's like, well, we weren't always, but we ended up that way. And he's like, oh, you must not have been very good at defeating me then. And he's like, well, it was hard. You're like me. You're a survivor. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then... Xavier comes in. I don't remember what brings on the fight, but pretty much they start getting into a a, a shouting match. Him and uh, Magneto get into a shouting match over um, him taking Raven. Yeah, about Raven. And that turns into Xavier not protecting the other mutants that they ended up capturing and killing. Azazel, Angel, Emma, all them. And as they're having this argument back and forth... We see the plane start losing control. We see Hank yelling back to um, Eric to get him to stop. We see like the outside like lining of the plane crunch up. Crump, 
crumple in on itself. Um, we see several metal things like uh, being thrown through the cabin and shit. We see Wolverine trying to hold on as best as he can. We see Xavier sliding down the cabin as the the pitch of the plane goes nose down, and it's just the, Magneto's losing his shit as he's screaming at Xavier about like, "Where were you when all these mutants, when your own kind was being hunted down and killed?" Um, uh, Hank yells back Eric one more time. Eric calms down a bit. We see the plane level out. We see the outside of the plane pop back out. And it's just, he, Magneto, or Xavier gets up and just walks away into the main cockpit with Hank. Uh, A few seconds hold and (laughs) Wolverine lights his cigar or takes his cigar that he'd already uh, lit and he's like, clean this mess up. And then we cut to... I think it's just later in the plane. Yeah, I think so. I, like, I don't think there's a... It doesn't make sense why it would be later in the plane, but I think it is. Because I don't remember any sort of, like, small scene to break up the two scenes. Yeah, I don't remember. There might be something small with, like, Trask actually on the ground in Paris. Maybe. I think it's that him approaching the Paris court. I don't remember exactly. Um, but, yeah. Later on in the plane, uh, the plane is now cleaned up, and Magneto approaches Xavier with a chess set. And it's his mea culpa uh, scene, where he's trying to, you know... Make amends. Make amends for the fit he just had and all that. And they're just having a polite conversation at this point about what Magneto was doing in Dallas at that point. And Magneto's like, I was was trying to save him charles he was one of us he was a mutant like us i wasn't i didn't kill him they stopped me before i could save him and that's why the bullet curved because i was trying to prevent it from happening and right away charles just was like oh oh, fuck oh you must think it makes so much sense it's time we all learn the truth gave us a mutant (laughs) but i do like these these mutant movies tying into real world real world events so we have um, the first class tying in the Cuban Missile Crisis, this one tangentially, at the very least, tying into the JFK assassination. In Vietnam. In Vietnam, obviously. Um, so I like that all that is interwoven with the mutant movie. Yeah, so. they use real history as support for yeah. their movie. Um, and we get this back and forth between Xavier and Magneto, and Magneto, or Xavier asks Magneto, so how is Raven? I think he calls her Raven. I don't think he, I don't ever believe Xavier ever calls her Mystique. I think he does just call her Raven because it. Yeah. We should just, also point out that Raven and Charles are like siblings. They grew up together. Yeah. If you remember from first class, she he found her. He found her in his kitchen. They just became siblings. Um, and Xavier or uh, Magneto explains to Xavier that she's a fighter. That she uh, after I left for Dallas. She apparently went to go look for Trask. And Xavier's like, no, how is she? And Magneto's like, I forget. Strong. Yeah, strong. I was going to say powerful, but I was like, no, that's not it. Yeah, he's just like, he holds her beat, and she, he's like, she's strong. Um, and that seems to uh, comfort Xavier somewhat. They hold for beat, and then Xavier scoots up in the seat. Oh, we should also mention that um, he also, at this point, mentions Straight up mentions, I can't say that word, uh, straight up brings up. Mentions. 
Yeah, I wasn't saying it right for whatever reason. Mentions. It still doesn't sound right. Um, brings up to Magneto. Mencions. <laughs> yeah. Brings up to Magneto that um, he doesn't have his ability anymore. That he, The reason he can walk, if he can walk, then he doesn't have his ability. And Magneto's completely like, why would you like trade you'd, that you'd in? You'd give up your mutant ability. Yep. And Magneto does, doesn't understand it. Um, we then cut to uh, inside of a club. Yeah. This is where uh, Mystique meets um, the Vietnamese general. Oh, yeah, the general. And we just see, like, a bunch of Vietnamese soldiers enjoying the, the company of women in this club. Uh, they're not far from American soldiers. They're all raising their drinks to one another. Uh, we The general, like, captain or general, whatever the fuck this guy is, his rank is, um, tells the group that he's going to go get another bottle of whatever. He We see him snake through the crowd. And then at the bar, he sees uh, Jennifer Lawrence at the bar. She turns around. She speaks Vietnamese to him. He's very enamored with her. He invites her up to the room as he grabs the bottle that he was going to bring to the group up to their hotel room. We cut to inside the hotel room, and she, uh, as just raving at this point, she blonde hair, normal skin, all that. As she's scanning the room for, like, information and stuff, he's trying to get her to get out of her clothes, that he's just trying to be very, like, um, alluring to her. Um, he's like, oh. And he speaks English. <laughs> it's like... Take off clothes. <laughs> Be naked. Yes, very broken English. Um, and like uh, she's uh, kind of doing it. She starts taking off her jacket, and she's like like this, and then she morphs into Mystique. And the guy's like, "What the fuck is going on?" She takes her leg and just hoists him against the wall with her foot. I don't think she says anything to him. We just see her like struggling to push her foot harder and harder into his throat and until she, he passes. She out. grabs a. Like, invitation from the table when it's looking at it. Yeah, yeah. It's just the invitation for the Paris Peace Accords at this right. point. Um, he ends up passing out. She just looks at him. We then cut to, I think it's all the dignitaries just arriving. Of course. Right now, it would fucking chime. Um, I think it's just all the dignitaries yep. arriving to the facility. Yep. To the Paris Peace Accords, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, we saw all these cars, uh, like, um, drive up, drive up to it. Like a red carpet. I'm trying went. to think of where Xavier and all them are at this. I think they just entered the building. Oh no, no, they're in a car. Um, as all the main dignitaries and Vietnamese soldiers or, uh, generals and the Vietnamese like government, uh, enter through like the main entrance. We see a car approaching the back entrance with a couple of guards they approach the vehicle. We see, like, the steel grate come out from the other side of the wall and, like, pin the guards up against the wall. We see Magneto flip his hands up. And we see the barrier split apart. Uh, like, the barricade thing that's right. blocking them from the back entrance split apart and raise up. Um, they go through, and then we just see them, like, going through the hallways of, like, this big, like, building that they're in the, for this Paris Accord bullshit. Um, we then cut to... Um, Mystique as the general guy and all the other generals in this main conference room, um, just chit-chatting and stuff. We see Trask in a nearby, uh, hallway with William, Stry young William Stryker with a suitcase. Um, they approach the conference room and they just burst in. And this is where we get Trask basically selling his Sentinel program to the Vietnamese. Right. Uh, the enemy at this point. Well... I mean, <laughs> there's there's Americans in there too. Is there? I thought they were, yeah. they were just translators. 
looks like American military uniforms. It's possible. Like in between. Because at the end of the movie, they say in a newspaper, Trask arrested for selling secrets to the enemy. Right. So I thought that's what they were it talking could, about. It could just be translators, but there were Americans in there as well. Right. But uh, he's basically like, you know, congratulations on winning the war. Mm. It would make sense that they're all translators if he's saying congratulations on winning the war because America definitely did not win Vietnam. No, no. So, yeah, it's the North Vietnamese that he's meeting with. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's basically saying, you know, there's... Even though you won this war, like there's another war brewing. Brewing. It's with these things called mutants. They're the real enemy. And my program is going to be what wipes them out. There's a really easy way, or they won't harm any humans or anything. You can be the savior of the human race. Yeah, they're they, made of they like have, space age polymer or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, and they shoot ceramic bullets. Mm-hmm. He calls them something else like high cryo i should have fucking wrote it down or made some note of it because mm-hmm. it's oh th- thermoceramic is what he calls them mm-hmm. and i'm like mm, those things don't go together like ceramic is not very good at conducting heat so maybe that's what's so alluring about them because it is maybe thermoceramic oh you have my attention sir <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I don't know. It's something fucking ridiculous. Oh, fancy bullets. It shoots yeah, fancy it bullets, shoots, right? Shoots fancy bullets. <laughs> um and it won't harm humans because it has this thing that only um that has this mutant detector that only it, detects the X gene. Yeah. in people. And he holds up the device and it almost looks like a weird shaped kidney almost, but it's white. It, it looks like half of a yin yang. Yeah, almost, yeah. Uh, and it has, like, these indicators on the side of it that it lights up if it finds a mutant. And he's like, and he Look, just I could turn this on. And, and nothing happens. And he turns it on and then, beep, immediately beeps. And he's like, oh, shit, there's one there's of them an in a here. Mu- there's a mutant in here. And we right just now. see him go down the line of all the different generals and captains, one after the other after the other. And we see the signal get stronger and stronger as he goes down further and further until it goes full strength, pointing at where the mystique slash general... A person that is right across the table from Trask. And they all start interrogating him. And the guy's like, I don't, this is fucking absurd. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm not a mutant in any way. He's just trying to convince them. They all start approaching him. A few of them grab the mystique general hybrid and immediately he smiles and then boom, kicks the ass out of several of them and morphs into mystique and then just lays waste to a bunch of them in the room. Um, we see. Her grab a gun, point it at Trask before she fires at William Stryker. Uh, also, during that presentation, we should also mention because Magneto ends up doing something with it. We see them bring out a presentation of like the blueprint schematics of the Sentinels, right? Out of that briefcase that Stryker was holding, it has like this reel of information on it. Um, and it's just like it's it's magnetic. a PowerPoint before it was yeah pretty much um but yeah in nineteen 1970s version of a PowerPoint presentation it's just slides of like blueprints and stuff like that because as he goes to the conversation it's it, contained in a briefcase yep um yeah as she's about to fire at Trask we see William Stryker whip out a, a taser gun of some sort uh, also very seventies so I don't think those are around in the seventies. I don't were know. Were taser guns? I know tasers were, but the actual guns that shoot the cords and stuff, I don't, I don't think know. were out in the 70s. Either way, um, he, he shoots one out. It's very reminis- 
reminiscent of the scene that we get later or earlier in the movie whenever Xavier's telling uh, Wolverine before he goes in the past what happened to Mystique in the past of her like uh, being taken out by them and being Being captured by... By Trask and his team yeah. after she kills Trask. Um, and we see her like writhing around and uh, right when that happens, boom, Xavier and um, Hank and Wolverine burst into the room. We see, I think, and Magneto... Uh, we see Magneto rip the uh, metal barbs out of Mystique's neck and whip it into uh, Stryker's William neck. Stryker's neck. He falls down. He's still holding on to the trigger because obviously all his muscles are constricting. Um, so he's just in a loop of just continually zapping himself the entire time. Um, I Charles approaches. Um, he runs up to her and is like, to Raven. Yeah, and she's completely like, what are you doing here? And he's like, Raven, when you get out of here, I don't have much time to explain. But you potentially could uh, harm our future and many others because of what you are and what they're able to do with your body and some shit. He he gives her like an overview of what is to come. Basically, they're going to capture you and use your fucking body to make these things are going to kill all. the They're going to pokey pokey and choppy choppy you. We need to get out of here right now. (laughs) Um, While this happens, Wolverine looks down and sees young striker and then he just yeah and we see like quick cuts of like his past out. of like striker and we see like the little like images from like the previous movies of him being experimented on by william striker being being weapon exonized yeah yeah and he immediately like has like some sort of like his <laughs> nom flashback his, yeah <laughs> and his claws come out and he starts just slashing all over the place yeah but it's only his brain that is back in the 70s. His body is still in the future. Cut to the future, and you see him just fucking going ham. Yeah, whipping, wiggling all over the fucking table. Whipping his arms around and stuff. And he ends up hitting Kitty Magneto Pryde. finally like is like, oh, yeah. I could control metal, duh. Yeah. And like controls Holds him, him down on the table. And is basically like restrain him, and then it flips around, and you see... He managed to like gouge Kitty's arm real fucking bad. Yep. Uh, Bobby walks up to her, tries to you know stop the bleeding in some way, but it's not working. Uh, <laughs> Do you need an ice pack? And as she's trying to get hold of him, we see him still struggling and stuff all against the straps. And then she's like, "I got him." He settles back down. Uh, we cut back to nineteen. Well, no, it cuts back to all oh, before 70s. he settles down. Before, completely. yeah, um, yeah, it cuts back to the seventies, and he and, doesn't know where the fuck he is. Well. Before he even recovers, like Hank runs over and is like, "Dude, like you good? Yeah, you yeah. good?" Because he's fallen to the ground at this point. And Magneto stands up, grabs a gun. Not, yeah, he grabs his... a gun because as Hank takes him out or Xavier takes him out, we see the gun still stay there. Um, as it fires the weapon, well, it's, so it's he Hank does takes him out. Um, whatever. But he's holding a gun trained on Raven, mm-hmm. and they're like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm making the difficult choice. If her body is, or if her being captured is what makes these Sentinels and stuff in the future, then if I fucking kill her right here and now, no, it's the future, end. Yeah. It's the end of that future. Which initially doesn't make any sense because they would still no. have the body. Yeah. What would you do with the body? Would you just walk away? But then they would still Oh, have- shucks. 
She's dead. Now she won't be alive whenever we fucking... Kill her. Kill her. <laughs> Shucks. I guess it's not worth doing anymore. Right. Uh, the plan right away doesn't make any sense, but it, Magneto's fucking crazy. Right. So and he doesn't... Understand. Hank is like, no! Yeah, it's one of those slow-mo shots, because as he tackles her, we see Raven run out of the room through a window, and at the same moment, uh, the gun stays floating in the air... We see Magneto just basically have his hand hovering around the gun. The gun fires. We see him trying to control the bullet as yeah, you he's see falling him control down. Control the bullet as he's falling down because he curves it. Yeah. Around James, Xavier. Yeah. Yeah. Around James McAvoy's head, <laughs> yeah. wanted style. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, yeah, it curves around him and then ends up following uh, Mystique, Mystique out, out the, the window. window. It fucking like changes direction completely because it points down and starts following her down. And then as she's about, she hits the ground and as she's walking away a bit, bam, it hits her right in the leg. Yep. Um, and she goes down. She starts crying right away. Um, like uh, you would. From being shot, yeah. Um, Wolverine <laughs> finally, like, comes back to reality. And uh, as he comes back to reality, he's just like, who the fuck are you people? <laughs> he's like, and Xavier's like, dude, Xavier. Like, you brought us you, here. You, you, you. You're the one that brought us here. He's like, I don't know you. And uh, at this point, Magneto has overpowered Hank, taking the little magnetic reel of the plans. He's going out the window. He's going out the window. And uh, Hank's like, Wolverine, calm down. Or Logan, calm down. Mm. He's like, I don't know who you are. Who am I? What am I doing here? Where am I? (laughs) What time is it? What year is it? (laughs) Like, just asking, you know, the questions. And Xavier's trying to figure out what to do with him at this point. Something's going on. It's like, um, there's something crazy going on. And then Hank is turning into Beast. And he's like, what the fuck's wrong with that guy? (laughs) And then it clicks for Xavier. He's like, oh, uh, you're on an acid trip. Well, no. Really, really bad. Someone gave you some really bad acid. Basically, just like, Hank, you go get Magneto, save Mystique's life. I'll deal with this. He's like, dude, we're friends. Like, you're the one that brought us here. And he's finally like, oh, yeah. You're just on a really bad acid trip right now. Somebody give you bad acid. <laughs> like, just calm down. It'll be okay. Just breathe. And then he finally starts breathing, which allows him to be stabilized in the future mm. present, which allows him to regain his memories in the past <laughs> yes. present. Yes. It's all a teetering act at this, right. act, act at this point. Um, but whenever all, both of them are calmed down, we then see future uh, Wolverine back into past Wolverine, and he immediately is like, oh, shit, here I am again. He's like, oh, okay. I know it's I'm back. On. I remember what's going on. Yep. Uh, outside. Like, like, well, I don't know what's going on. What's going on? And then we flip to outside. Uh, you see a scene of Mystique, like, stand up and look at a black girl with an afro and then turn into her and then start to hobble away. Mm-hmm. And, and as, we have uh, an entire crowd around the entire right, area. and you also get like a a nineteen seventies like Zapruder film, uh, which like I kind of shot. Yeah, I kind of yeah, like that yeah. aspect of of Mystique, um, like changing and stuff, and then she starts to walk away. Um, Magneto comes down to yeah, the ground. Yeah, she's part way out of the going to be lost in the crowd, but then yeah, Magneto comes down gently onto the and ground. And it's basically like, "Oh yeah, I just shot her. So let me find the bullet." And like rips the bullet up 
into her leg more and she screams out in pain. And he's like, oh yeah, that's her. And pulls her back to him with the bullet. Yeah. And then the bullet comes out and he like has it in his hand. And I think she says like, Eric, please no. And he's like, sorry. Yep. They're going to use you to hurt all of us. (laughs) Kill one to save many. (laughs) Seems like a good trade. I'm going to fucking kill you now. And we also see some blood drop on the ground, which mentioned that because it comes into play later on. And, uh, and as he's getting ready to send the fucking bullet at her, fucking beast comes out of nowhere. (laughs) RKO out of nowhere. Beast grabs him by the head and fucking just (laughs) throws him around like a rag There's like a nearby fountain that he like just throws him into. We see his head like knock into something and as Beast is just thrashing him in this pond, we see all this blood and stuff coming out. Uh, It looks like Beast is going to kill Magneto. Well, all the cars and stuff start Tipping towards... Yeah, that was his version of just trying to grab onto anything to try to fucking save his life as he's slowly dying by his hand. Um, But all the cars, like, flip up and stuff. And then... It's mass chaos. Like, all the the crowd is basically, like, dispersing at this point because shit's going... Yeah, shit's just going crazy. Mm -hmm. The, the, like, I don't know what to call them. The, The little metal grates that everybody's standing behind. Yeah, the guards of... The, they're, they're not like like they're like the barricade police, police barricades, but they're not police barricades. They're yeah. just like you metal see them in barricades. like old wrestling matches. Yeah, like the metal barricades that are right there around wrestling matches. Uh, but they're like all pulling towards Magneto as well. While this is going on, um, Mystique has stood up and has once again like walked off into the the crowd. crowd. She morphs into like an old man, like big ass glasses. Yep. And then ju- just disappears at the start. And as she manages to get away, uh you see Magneto finally like use the fountain artwork that's there mm. and grab Beast by the wrists and the mm. legs and around and the hoist neck. Hoist him up in the and air. Hoist him up in the air. And <laughs> it's like it's just an amusing scene because he's like ripped out of the water all at once. But as he's ripped out of the water because he's throttling Magneto, like Magneto is ripped out of the water with him. So yeah. Magneto's just like from from laying down and drowning to standing up and like, okay, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. And he just like fucks off out of the the pool. Yeah, looking. he immediately starts trying to look for Mystique, but it's not working at all. Um, we see a few guard or a few like French policemen approach him, and he just waves his hand past them. They go fucking flying, and then he fucking disappears into the crowd. And then we see like people onlookers looking at Beast as he's hoisted in the air. He's trying to fucking wiggle out of it. It's not working. He sees the people looking at him. He's clearly not fucking okay with this, and then he just kind of like like hulks out a bit, like. Beasts out. Beasts out, if you will. Breaks the uh, things that are holding him. Uh, he then runs off. He scares the entire crowd because he's doing the beast running on all fours type thing as he uh, charges out of there completely. Um, and you also get Wolverine and Charles walking out the like front door yeah, yeah. of the hotel like, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, I believe the next scene is them back at Xavier's place. Trying to figure out what to do next. I think so. Um, because right as they walk in, we see Xavier having trouble walking. And right away, Wolverine's like, what the fuck is going on? I don't understand what, what's going on. And this is where he gets more filled in with what's going on with Xavier, why he doesn't have his powers and shit. 
and it's because he takes this medicine, similar to what he, we've mentioned already. And because of that, because of that trade-off of him wanting to walk, he doesn't get his abilities. And Wolverine lays it out for him. He's like, look, I need Professor Xavier here. And the only way we're going to do that is if you stop taking that shit. Don't do dope. <laughs> All right. So there's no other way around this. We need er, your wait, help. what is it? Say nope to dope. Yeah, that's the line from Dare. Um, <laughs> I'm fucking absurd. Um... And he he says something poignant, and I can't fucking remember it, and I wish I would have wrote it down. But the long and short of it is he convinces Xavier just to put it down. To stop taking the drug that lets him walk mm-hmm. and to regain his powers. Uh, he asks Hank for some help. Hank helps him as he takes him up into his room. They lay him down. And we see uh, a few seconds pass. We see Xavier, or not Xavier, but we see Wolverine in his room enjoying a cigar. Hank walks by, and he's like, you know that will give you cancer. And Wolverine just takes an even longer drag on it, and then uh, Hank walks away. Uh, a few seconds pass. I think we also see Magneto uh, rolling through. Like, he's got a shot glass Yeah, yeah, that yeah. he's, like, looking at all the... He, yeah, he's got the film in between, like, a big-ass shot glass, and right behind it is, like, a bright fucking light. So it's, like, projecting an image onto, the, like, the bare wall... Right across from him. So, and he's able to look at all the uh, microfilm, microfiche thing that he has with him. Right. That he took from Trask. Of all, all the Sentinels and stuff like that. And then you get... He's also sewing up the uh, cut he got on the back of his head. like Yeah, with the, with the needle doing it by itself because right, right. it's magnetic. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what the next scene is. Also, did you watch the road cut? Yes. Okay, so you got all the rogue being set free by yes. Bobby and all that. Okay, so yeah, that's definitely the rogue cut. Um, I'm trying to figure out when that comes into play. I think here soon. I think so too, but like, I can't remember exactly. Well, I think it flashes back to the future. I don't know if it's right now. I want to say it's a little bit later. I think we... Because um, we get the scenes, and this is why I like the row cut so much, so much, because we get the scenes of old Magneto and young Magneto doing similar things. Of Magneto, young Magneto getting his helmet, young Magneto, or old Magneto helping get Rogue out of uh, where she's being held. And we have those scenes cutting back and forth between the two, and I can't remember when exactly that comes into play. I think it's after the first time that... Xavier uses Cerebro? Yeah. Um, so yeah, a few moments pass, and they convince um, to try to locate where Raven is. They convince Charles to use Cerebro in some manner, and we go down to the labs and we see everything's covered in dust. He, they roll into Cerebro, and it's just covered in dust as well, just head to toe. And it's a very, it's a, it's a much older version of Cerebro. It's not what we got in First Class, but it's also not what we got in the first X Men movie. It's very seventies ish. Um, Xavier picks up the helmet, blows all the du- blows most of the dust off, puts it on. We see the entire room turn red, and he's starting to try to look for Xavier or for Mystique, and he's not. It's not working. Like he just can't concentrate hard enough. He hasn't used his muscle in quite a while. He says as much. It's just not working. He eventually freaks out, whips the helmet off. He's like, "Fuck it! I'm no. This ain't fucking working." I can't fucking do this. Like, I'm not... Fuck this shit. We, uh, also, the reason he stops completely is because because of the all the power that he uses trying to concentrate on, Mystique ends up blowing the breakers. 
Um, that's why he takes off the helmet because all the power goes out in the facility. Yeah, he's frustrated. Yeah, and he's like, fuck it. We can't do this. We have to figure out another way. It's not fucking working. And he starts rolling away. And Wolverine's like, and he says to Wolverine, he's like, maybe they sent back the wrong guy. And Wolverine's like, yeah, they did. It was supposed to be you. The original plan was to have you come back and try to convince you to help with the future. But we realized that no mind could take that. It would just rip you apart. So they sent me back because... I'm me, and I can regenerate as fast as I get hurt. And um, he basically convinces Xavier, like, look, you helped well, me in the past. Well, he's he's basically saying that it's it's all hopeless and all hope is lost yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And he's like, no, all hope isn't lost. There's still those that fight. Like, I know that you can do this because you've already done it before. Look into my brain and see. See the future. And help me prevent it from happening. And so he goes into his brain and he sees just the horrors that Wolverine has, has experienced. And right away, young Xavier's like, I don't want this. I don't want any of these fucking bad memories. Get this. And Wolverine's like, no, no, no. Look past my bad memories. Go past further. And then we get this scene of him just concentrating even harder. And then boom, he's on the same table that older Wolverine was on wherein he's being transformed, trans back to the past by Kitty Pride. Um, we see uh, Xavier, uh, Magneto, all of them around the table. It's very reminiscent of the earlier scenes that we got of Wolverine on the table. And young Xavier gets up, and he has a conversation with his older self. And it's a fucking amazing scene between the two. And older Xavier's trying to convince younger Xavier. It's like, you're not beyond this. This is something amazing. There's still hope for you yet. Even through all the fucking bullshit that happens what gives you strength is knowing that people will persevere. Um, what gives you strength is hope. And that's the only thing that'll help you through this. Hope is what keeps this all fucking going. And he tells young Xavier as much. Um, he cuts out of the, um, what's the line? He says a line that comes up later on. I'm trying to remember. I didn't write it down. I don't know why I didn't. There's a line that he says about loss, about someone losing their way. Okay. So here's the line. Uh, so the back and forth between old Xavier and young Xavier is, is this what becomes of us? Eric was right. Humanity does this to us, Professor, old Professor X. Not if we show them a better path. You still believe? Just because someone stumbles and loses their path doesn't mean they're lost forever. Sometimes we all need a little help. I'm not the man I was. I open my mind up and, I and it almost overwhelms me. You're afraid and Cerebro knows it. Charles Xavier. All these voices... So much pain. It's not the pain that you're afraid of. It's yours, Charles. And as frightening as it can be, the pain will make you stronger. If you allow yourself to feel it, embrace it, it will make you more powerful than you ever imagined. It's the greatest gift we have, to bear the pain without breaking. And it comes from the most human part of us. Hope. Charles, we need, your, we need you to hope again. And that's what convinces young Charles to get back Go, in the game okay. and continue fighting. Um, he, he pulls himself out of uh, Wolverine's mind and through that small bridge that he can connect to older Xavier and Wolverine just smiles. He's like, you find what you're looking for. And then Hank comes back in and he's like, I got the power back on. All the lights come back up. And Charles ends up entering Cerebro again. Well, we don't see him enter Cerebro. We just see him looking back at Cerebro. We then cut to um, Raven at an airport just waiting to get on a plane at this point. And then a woman nearby turns her head and like says, Raven, come home or something like that. 
And we cut back to the Wolverine, well, Hank, and uh, Xavier in Cerebro, and they're making a connection to uh, Raven. And we just see him like embodying all different people throughout the airport, trying to convince her to stay. telling her to come back to the mansion to abandon this plan to kill Trask, because if she does it, then then the future is set. Yeah. And we see Wolverine like, hey, why don't you just take her out completely? Just knock her the fuck out. And Xavier's like... Well, just take take her over. He's like, I'm not strong enough to do that yet. She would resist me. These yeah. people don't have the the capabilities mm-hmm. to resist me. Um, we then uh, we get a... like He projects himself in front of Mystique, and they have a back and forth. He's like, look, if you just come home, fucking forget all this bullshit. Just come back home. And we can work all come, this out. Come back to me, and we can work it all out. And she's like, no. This this ends today. I'm going to kill Trask. I don't care what the fuck you say. I'm going to end his life. And then she just walks right through his projection, and then uh, we then cut to them in Cerebro, and he's like, fuck. She just walked away. I can't do anything about Dude, it. Where's she going? We don't know where she's going. Yeah, she's at an airport. She could be at an airport. She could be fucking anywhere. So, no clue. We cut to later in the day, and they're all just fucking exhausted at this point. Out of fucking ideas about where to go and shit like that. Um, well, I think this is where we get the scene with the Magnetos together. Is it? Because I know she tries to fuck Beast. I'm not sure if it's before or after. I think it's after. Is it? Yeah. Because that's the culmination of her... Big plan. Okay. Yeah, because it's part of her plan to take out uh, Cerebro. Right. So, so they wouldn't find her. Um, she... So uh, the dueling scene starts with back in the future. Um, we see Bobby talking to Magneto and Xavier in a small corridor nearby. And Bobby's like, she's losing a lot of blood. We need to fucking hurry this shit out. We need to pull him out. We need to get the fuck out of here. And Xavier's like, no, no, no. They haven't done much. We, we need to keep them in. We need to keep this fucking going because... There hasn't been much change. He hasn't been in there long enough. We, we, we have to keep him in there. Yet. And uh, right away, Bobby's like, she's not going to make it, so we need to figure something out. And then it clicks in Bobby. He's like, I know someone who could help with this. She can take other mutants' abilities. And right away, Xavier's like, rogue? And Bobby's like, yeah, I know where she's being held at. And um, Xavier's like, I haven't been able to get in touch with rogue for fucking years. I don't know where the hell she is. And Bobby's like, Professor, she's in your house. They kept her in Cerebro so you wouldn't be able to find her. They're experimenting on her because they're trying to figure out ways to take powers from mutants. And that's what they have her there for, just running experiments on her, torturing her. And Xavier or Magneto's like, if you knew where she was, why didn't you try to take her out of there? And Bobby's like, we have numerous times. But we can't because it's so well guarded and yep. fortified. And then we get Xavier's like, I'm pretty sure they know a few places that I, I know. know. I know some things about that house that they probably don't know. Uh, we then cut to Xavier in the uh, Blackbird, um, out just like a couple miles outside the perimeter of uh, the X-Mansion. We have um, Bobby and Magneto uh, like walking through like a small corridor. We cut to Xavier, or, uh, old Magne- young Magneto. Fuck. This is going to be difficult. Fastbender. Fastbender walking through the Pentagon. Uh, we see him walking through the uh, like main corridor. We see him walking through the halls. We then cut back to uh, <laughs> McKellen 
Um, and with Bobby or Iceman as they're uh, walking through up to this like one dead end and we hear Xavier on comms. He's like, look, the foundation of this place is made out of rebar and solid steel. And Magneto's like, so it's a door. Or a door. Yep. Uh, he opens up a hole. see them walk through. We see a uh, fast bender walk down a court or walk through like metal detectors. They go off. Nobody's or, or no, they don't. I don't think they go off. I think he like shuts them down or something before he walks through them. Yeah, he shuts them off. He walks uh, around a corner. We then cut to uh, McKellen. Um, <laughs> he is walking with Drake. Uh, they get he's walking with Iceman. If I just say Drake. People are going to be confused. Yeah, because uh, his name is Bobby Drake, but if I just say Drake, the people are going to think, when did Drake show up? I was like, no, not that Drake. Um, Iceman and uh, Magneto are walking through, like, and Wolverine says as much. He's like, you're above the main hallway now. And they're just walking above, like, a bunch of steel grates and, like, wiring and shit. Um, we see Wolver- or we see Magneto uh, bend a bunch of metal, and uh, they step on a platform that he's now constructed out of those metal, and they start lowering down. We see Fastbender enter into, like, this main facility where all these different implements are. We see, like, Angel's Wing. We see Havoc's main, like, disc plate outfit. And we see Magneto's helmet with, like, the horn. Well, so here's an issue I have with this movie. At the end of First Class, we have Magneto in, like, the dark red outfit with the horns on the helmet and everything. Mm-hmm. In this movie, we get this dirty bronze thing in this movie where we have the horns, like, embossed on the helmet. Right. I don't like that. Yeah. It looks... I don't... I, I prefer the dark red outfit that we got at the end of First Class. I wish they would have kept with that. Um, but we get the helmet, we see the helmet, and then young Magneto sees the coin that he pushed through uh, Kevin Bacon's head at the end of the First Class movie. We then cut to... Uh, Young Magneto and Iceman. Old Magneto. Old Magneto and Iceman. Fucking hell. Walking through the main hallway. Uh, We see all like the places in disarray. We see all like chunks of shit all over the place. Old containers, old crates. Just the place is just torn the fuck up. They get down to Cerebro. Magneto opens the old Magneto opens the door. He sees like this entire science team working on Rogue. She's strapped to a gurney. And Magneto right away is like, why don't I teach you what it means to be experimented on? He raises all these knives and stuff at their face. Doesn't kill them for whatever reason. Um, he just lets them get away. Uh, Magneto and Bobby walk up because to Because Charles has taught him not to kill. Right. Uh, they walk up to Mag- or they walk up to Rogue's uh, unconscious body. They start trying to wake her up. Nothing's working. Bobby takes off his glove, presses it, her, his hand to her face, and she starts siphoning off his life force. She wakes up. She says, Bobby, then immediately sees Magneto and starts freaking the fuck out. And Bobby's like, no, 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 he's with me. Um, they it's get okay, her. we're friends now. They get her out of the chair. Um, they start walking out. And all of a sudden, all hell starts breaking loose. Xavier's like, shit, you need to get the hell out of there. They know you're in there. Get out. Hurry up, uh, Eric. I think he just calls him Eric at this point. They enter back onto the platform that, they, uh, that Magneto constructed. They raise To bring up. them down. Yep. They start walking through the court, the uh, like a corridor above the main hallway, and as they're running down it, they see like like spikes coming up through the ceiling and stuff, just, just ramming up and shit. Um, I forget why Bobby stops. I think it's, he sees like one of the sentinels in the hallway right behind them. Yeah, the sentinels are coming. 
And they start like firing like their energy beams and Bobby starts constructing like an ice wall to protect them. And he's full Iceman at this point, head to toe. Um, he tells Rogue and Magneto to get the hell out of here. Magneto grabs Rogue and they start booking it towards the other end where the door that Magneto made. Um, he sees another Sentinel coming down a nearby corridor off to his right. He starts making an ice wall over there. He sees another one coming off to his left. He starts making an ice wall out of there. The first one that he made starts weakening from the blast. It opens up and then bam, he gets hit with a fucking spike to his chest. And I believe he gets spiked to the midsection by the other two yeah. as well. Um, and then I believe they just start like torturing him. We just see him start to slowly melt. Yeah. Um, from their energy beam. Rogue sees this. She starts yelling out for Bobby. And Bobby dies at this point. We see uh, the Sentinels turn to Magneto and Rogue. They start charging after him. Magneto just whips oh, we up should, the... We should also mention that before they left for this mission... He uh, has a conversation with Kitty. He has a conversation with Kitty. Because if you remember from like, Last Stand, Bobby had a thing for Kitty. They had this like lover's triangle type thing. Right. Um, he's no longer with Rogue in this movie. It's Kitty and Bobby... And they have like this lover's quarrel like, going just on. Just come back alive. Yeah, she tells him as much. Um, I don't care what happens, just bring yourself back alive. Um, but Xavier or uh, Rogue and Magneto escape right as the main blast hits the barricade that they end up put, that Magneto ends up forcing up um, where the doorway is that he made. Uh-huh. Like he puts up the rest of the steel plate, and then all this other metal comes. <laughs> Like, blocking yeah, the way. Basically, anything that's metal that he can throw in front of them, he does. Yes. Um, but at that same point, or at that same time, uh, all this energy beams start blasting in it, start burring a hole into that metal, and on the other side is like an open pipeline. Uh, right when they get through, Xavier or uh, Magneto and Rogue are out of there completely at this point. But as the hole gets... Big explosion. Like, hits the gas line, the open gas line, big explosion happens. We see all the the entire fucking mansion just explode at this point. Um, we cut to Rogue and Magneto back on the Blackbird. Rogue is like, Professor, Bobby. And he's like, I know. They fucking fly off. But before they're off scot-free, and this is, part, this is another reason why I like this Rogue cut more. Because in the theatrical cut, the Sentinels just show up. Three quarters of the way through the movie, the Sentinels show up in the future, and then all hell breaks loose. Um, I prefer this version better because it kind of makes a little bit more sense. So a Sentinel ends up jumping on the Blackbird, and right away, Xavier is trying to figure out a way to get it off. He starts punching it. It opens up its face to... Yeah, do the energy blast thing that it does with Bobby whenever it's just just straight heat and intensity coming out of his face. Um, And he... Right as he does, he throttles back the throttle and... They go forward. It goes backwards towards the back of the plane. Uh, he hits a few buttons on the console, like some sort of like mechanism closes. Yeah, it catches its arm, like right. It catches itself like right by the exhaust, Mm -hmm. and it's still holding on. And it looks like it's going to be able to climb back on. And the professor turns the Blackbird into super go mode. Yeah, and it condenses it all, severs its arm, and the sentinel goes flying as they fly off. Poof. And then we hear the boom from it breaking the sound barrier and shit. Uh, but, dun dun dun, sentinel arm is now stuck on the Blackbird. Yeah, we don't see that the arm is stuck on there just yet. Um, so the... Uh, Black- well, we see it get ripped off as it, like, 
as the sentinel flies off of it. You see it, like, detach and be wedged in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about, like, they cut back to it later on in the movie. Like, oh, it also is able, they're able to track that arm, that piece of the sentinel as well. Because we see it yeah, later we don't, on. We don't know it, like, why it matters, it. but it's right. there, but it's there. Yep. Uh, we then cut to them back at the Blackbird. We see Rogue entering the facility that they were all in. And right away, Kitty looks up and sees Rogue and Magneto and no Bobby. And she asks right away, where's Bobby? And Rogue's like, I'm sorry. And she starts crying. And because of her still losing blood and because of all this and trying to keep Wolverine in the past, she's starting to feel fatigued. She starts wavering a bit. Rogue runs up, touches her for a bit, takes her ability. Take, Rogue takes control of Wolverine and says, I've got you, Logan. Wolverine wakes up from a dream. He's like, Rogue, automatically knowing, fuck, now Rogue is taking control of things. Um, I think this is where we got, where we get, no, the fuck scene is before that. Because right when he wakes up and says, Rogue, in comes Hank saying, Logan, I screwed up. Raven was here last night and she destroyed Cerebro. Mm. So the fuck scene is just, uh, and it's not really a fuck scene because it ends up with Rogue or uh, fucking Raven oh, okay. coming back then, to the then mansion. Then I know we we missed a scene. Instead of everything that we just described to you, mm. there's a scene of Magneto on a train that is holding all of the Sentinels. Mm. Yeah, yeah, this is after he's um, with the so, microfiche. Yeah. Well, we missed another scene too because after everything that goes on in Paris, um, there's a scene between Trask and Nixon. I thought it was later. No. Basically, um, Nixon's like, well, all this stuff happened, like, we need to... Figure out some way to combat these mutants. Some way to to take care of these things. And Trask's like, well, I have a way. I pitched it to Congress, and they told me no. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, no, it's, it's fine. Like, yeah, like, what do you got? And he's like, well... I told Congress what I needed, and they said no. And so it's going to take a whole lot more than what I was originally asking for for me to turn these puppies on. But it'll, you know, protect the he people goes through this and stuff like that. Similar spiel that he gave the Vietnamese: not an ounce of metal in it whatsoever. Um, it completely space age polymer, so they can't control it like the one can. Um, and they have this ability to detect the mutant X gene in any mutant, and it won't attack. People. Regular humans. And yeah. Nixon's like, okay, that sounds great. And Trask also mentions that he has a he has like an image of uh, Mystique up on one of the screens. He's like, I I also want that one. I believe we can experiment we got, on her. We got her. some of her blood, but I need more than that. To try to uh, further enhance my Sentinels or some shit like that. And then, yeah, the, the scene we get of... Yeah, because the train scene happens after that because this is after... Magneto looks at the microfiche and sees that there's not an ounce of metal in it. He then follows the train of where all the uh, Sentinels are on. Uh, we see him jump onto the train, and then we see right behind him the train that they, the track that they, the train just went over. He lifts up a bunch of the rebar and all that uh, off the, the ground. The train tracks themselves. The train tracks, not rebar. The train tracks themselves, and it just just starts molding them into like these like little fire or like skinny skinny fiber. Cables, basically. Cables, yeah. And, and he starts snaking them through the Sentinels. Right, through all the Sentinels and stuff to put metal in them. Yeah. So he can control them. 
Uh, yeah, so uh, just an abridged version of it. So uh, Raven comes back to the mansion. She uh, Hank sees her, thinks she's just there to just, you know, come back to the mansion to try to help them. And uh, they start having a conversation back and forth. It eventually turns into her turning into Mystique, him uh, and her making out. He then transforms into Beast. It starts getting hot and heavy. They stop. She's like, at one point, you told me that society wouldn't think I'm beautiful. Do you think I'm beautiful? He's like, yeah, I think you're beautiful. And then she asks him, do you think you're beautiful? And he hesitates. He's like, and he gets up off of her. And this is where he's like, I, I think I should go to bed. Um, thus indicating, no, he doesn't find himself beautiful. He walks away. She then watches him. And she's like, hey, what was the last thing I said to you? And he's like, mutant and proud. And then walks away completely. Um, she waits a few seconds and then we see her with like some sort of like mischievous, like, I've got a plan, like look on her face. Um, we then cut to, um, young professor X in the, uh, uh, X-Men hallways, but he's limping, thus indicating, oh, it's Mystique. Still limping from the bullet hole that she got in Paris. Yep. Uh, and it's Mystique as, uh, professor Xavier. Um, she manages to open up Cerebro, goes in. Lifts up the helmet. She says, I'm sorry, Charles. And then just smashes the helmet onto the main, like, Cerebro console. And then this is where we get the scene of uh, Rogue being busted out of the X-Mansion and all that. Uh, Wolverine pops up, says Rogue. Recognizes that Rogue is now in control. This is where Hank comes in and says, I screwed up. Raven was here last night. And she destroyed Cerebro. Um, he's like, oh no, now we don't, don't know, know where she's going. And then, going and then stuff. Hank is like, well, I remember seeing this report and he shows them, um, of the report of saying that they're going to make a presentation in DC for Trask's Sentinel program. So ever since Paris, I set up this thing to record all three networks plus PBS. Yeah. And <laughs> Wolverine's like, wow, all three networks he's plus like, PBS yeah, plus PBS. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, what is the next scene after this? Because we get them saying, oh, yeah, we must go to... We got to go. And I think it's them on the plane. I think so as well. Uh, we also get a small scene of uh, Magneto in full Magneto garb at this point, And he's in like some sort of like baseball stadium. Well, no, that's not until after the thing has started. Because... Uh, I thought that was before the group arrives in DC. No, I think it's I think it's they arrive, and they're like going through uh, the security checkpoint or whatever because mm-hmm. it's just dignitaries that are supposed to. They're be looking there. for Raven because she's still dead set on killing Trask right. at this point. And so basically, you see the Jedi mind trick thing because he's like, "Hey, I need to." S-, the guards like, "Hey, I need to see your invitation," and Professor Xavier's like, "Here it is." Fingers to the yeah. forehead, so you know that he's using his power. Yeah, because otherwise, how would you know? You wouldn't, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm so glad they thought of that. Yeah, so you <laughs> got to put the fingers to the head. And he puts his fingers to his head, and he's like, "Oh yeah, was, I saw your invitation." <laughs> and he's like, "These two are with me," indicating to, to Wolverine, and Wolverine and Beast. Yeah, um, they go in. As they go in, you just see a like a fucking white line on dirt. Yeah, yeah, one of the and it the zooms, groundskeeper for and it the... zooms out to like you see it's a it's a guy that's working in a baseball stadium, just putting the lines down mm. towards like home plate and stuff, and 
He's he's listening to something. I don't remember what song it is. Yeah, because we hear it. I'm not sure what it is either. But in the background, you see Magneto just kind of like float down <laughs> yeah. into the field. In his very like Jesus-like pose with his hands out and shit. And the guy like realizes that there's somebody behind him and he turns around and he's like, you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> and as he sees him, then we just see Magneto just starting to raise the it's entire... Like, do, you, do you need help? And Magneto's like, nope, I got it. And you see him like concentrate and like flail his hands. Like, <laughs> we see it strain like, under like the kinda, power. Kind of like jazz handsy. Like, <laughs> and you see cracks and stuff start forming in the uh, framing work, I guess. Yeah, in the, in the stadium part of the baseball stadium. <laughs> right. um, and he lifts it all off the ground and then lifts up with it and is floating... In midair with this... In midair with it. With the toilet bowl, like, thing going on. <laughs> it's just basically a giant-ass wall that he can transport from there to where the uh, presentation is around the White House. So that way he has no outside interference coming in to what to right. stop him from what he wants to do. Um, Charles and uh, Wolverine and Hank are all in that uh, presentation just looking all over the place for... Mystique, or someone that looks and once looks suspicious. Once again, Charles is trying to read everybody's mind, mm-hmm. and the reason that you know this is because he's got his fingers up to his head. Right. He's like, "I'm trying to find Mystique or Raven. I'm yeah. trying to find Raven, and uh, there's too many people here. I can't, I can't possibly find her mm-hmm. in all of this craziness and stuff." And then, uh, president comes out, starts making his presentation about. Who, what Trask, what Trask Industries is, what the Sentinel program is, and all that. We see Trask, Peter Dinklage, just being very proud of this moment. Is everything he wanted, uh, having the Sentinel program uh, being okayed by the U.S. government or some government at this point, because he tried with the Vietnamese. Um, and uh, in the middle of the, the uh, giant, president's speech, giant flag falls, and he's like, "May I present the Sentinels?" Yes, and it's the. It, it's it's not a one to one from the comic book Sentinels, but it's very reminiscent. It's, it's of much closer than the, the future version of Sentinels. The the future past versions. Yes, I I I like those more. The seventy three version of the Sentinels than the future version yes, of Sentinels. Um, I wish we would have gotten more of those, but anyway. Um, and while they're all looking like ooh and all and like amazed and by it, finally, young Professor X. That's right. He, he finds manages the locator. Uh, Raven, who's taken over the body of a Secret Service man who is walking up to pull their gun on Trask. Yep. And he freezes her in place. Yeah, because as he's as she's about to whip it out, yeah, it stops him completely. And she's like, Charles, let me go. I have to do this. He's like, no, you don't. And then he's like, by the way, I fucking found her. She over there. Like, look, look, see the guy that's about to pull his gun on Trask? Like, that's that's her. So Hank and Wolverine run over there, mm-hmm. and they get stopped by a military guy. It's like, sorry, you can't come this way. And they're just like, oh, no, we're defeated. <laughs> oh, We're man. just going to stand here now. And then all of a sudden, the uh, Sentinels start hovering. Yeah, they start activating, and Trask is like... Looks at William Stryker, he's like, I didn't, I didn't tell you to fucking activate them. And Stryker's like, I'm not. 
And then uh, as they're all activating and shit, we then see that big arena come into frame. Well, no. we They just start... Do they start on... They I thought the arena unloading. was above the ground. No. Then they, they start unloading on people. And they then start they, unloading on like the cop cars and stuff, and everybody runs away. Mm-hmm. Like all the... Yeah, it's just mass chaos. Everybody's the, running all away. All the dignitaries and stuff run away. Um, we see the president being rushed somewhere by his Secret Service men along with a few of his cabinet members, into the White House. We're not sure where. I'm almost mentioning this because it comes up in, later on in the movie. Right. Um, and you see them all run together down into the... Bunker. Yeah, bunker underneath the, the Oval Office. Yeah. Um, then the wall comes crashing down, traps Professor X. Yeah, traps everybody that we want in there. So we have... Uh, we also should mention like Mystique as that Secret Service man because no one knows about her except for Xavier um, knows about Mystique being the Secret well, Service and man. Hankin. So she runs with right. the Secret Service men that are protecting the president. So she's now in the bunker with the president and Trask. Um, and so, yeah, Wolverine, uh, Hank, and Professor Xavier are trapped inside this big arena with the Sentinels and Magneto. And Magneto doesn't do anything with the Sentinels except for have them all standing around the perimeter to keep from anything from, like, flying over them or basically stopping Magneto from doing anything. Um, They're basically on perimeter guard at this point. Um, I believe Magneto... Where are you? Yeah, he's trying to, like, scan the area of where the president is because he wants to take out... I don't believe the president. I think he just wants to take out Trask. I think he wants to kill Trask just as much as Mystique. Well, I think he just wants to kill all of them with the Sentinels and then... With an audience. Right, and then the Sentinels will be deemed as bad. Mm. So, because uh, he even said, like, he finds them, pulls the bunker out from underneath, drops it, and rips the side open. And then Yeah, he Wolverine... whips all the guns out of the... Oh, before he does this... Before he brings the bunker out of the ground, Wolverine comes running up towards him, and we just see Magneto well, like throwing and, a bunch of stuff Wolverine at him. Wolverine and Beast both like try to take take them out, yeah. and he tells one of the uh, Sentinels to do what it was programmed mm-hmm. for, and then it identifies both uh, Hank and Wolverine as mutants, mm-hmm. and then it ends up like trying, or it's going to shoot Wolverine. And then Beast comes out oh, of nowhere from behind it. it. He's like, jumps, I got this. Just from behind it. He's like, I've got this. You go deal with him. Yeah, he just starts pulling wires out of the back of the Sentinel's neck. And it throws him through the back window of a cop car. Yeah. And we, no more Hank for the time being. But yeah, uh, Wolverine starts charging after Magneto. We see Magneto just throwing different things at him and nothing's working. He's knocking it away. We see Magneto... Or we see Wolverine, I think, try to, like, slash at something, and it just doesn't work because it's not metal claws anymore, so it's just the bone claws. It's not working. Um, so he's just knocking things out of the way as best he can. We then see, like, a big, like, cron- concrete boulder with, like, rebar in it just come up behind Wolverine just hit him right in the back. And then Magneto takes all the rebar out of that concrete block and then just starts impaling Wolverine with it. We just see it, like, snaking throughout Wolverine's body and shit. Uh, future Wolverine starts, future Wolverine starts reacting screaming. to it. Yeah, uh, Xavier's like, no, this can't be happening. Um, while that's happening, uh, we cut to outside where the future uh, team is, uh, where the Blackbird is, and we see the severed arm beeping, thus indicating 
it's they're being tracked at this point. Um, we see a bunch of like sentinel ships in the far distance starting to come into view. Warpath sees a bunch of them, tells everybody they're almost here. We need to fucking do something. There are fucking twelve carriers heading this way with an on a uh, like I don't think they give a mount, but like a bunch of fucking sentinels in them. A, r- a ridiculous amount. Like they're all carriers. Because at one point we see them all drop out of the fucking carriers and it's like hundreds of them coming out of each ship it's just a ridiculous amount um so we see storm rallying you could say that this could be or this would be their last stand (laughs) right um we see (laughs) we see uh storm rallying the troops we see colossus steal up we see sunspot get all fucking sunny um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the best I can describe it. All fucking it. sunny. <laughs> yeah. All on fire. Um, and it's very reminiscent of the opening scene we got in the movie. Of all of them using their abilities the best they can, we see Bishop being charged by uh, Storm. She starts yeah. using lightning, and then she takes some of the lightning, directs it towards Bishop. He starts charging up from it, from it, and we just see Blink open up a portal next to him and over by where the Sentinels are, and he just starts shooting at all of them. Right. Um, Storm also makes a big windstorm and mm. knocks like two of the carriers into each other a in, wall. into a nearby like mountain or something. Um, uh, we then have Magneto coming out because he hears all the commotion. He takes the Blackbird, like starts exposing like the I guess the uh, engine core of the Blackbird, and as he does, he whips it out into the main the area. The explodey bits. Yeah, he whips it out, and then Wol- or not Wolverine, but Storm sees this and then takes a big like lightning strike, hits it. Boom, the tire explosion takes out all these carriers along with a bunch of sentinels, and they believe that they're off scot-free. Well, and then everybody ducks. Yeah, and Wolverine... As, oh God, I keep saying Wolverine. As, uh, as the shrapnel from the Blackbird... Starts hailing towards them. Starts hailing towards them. So, you see Warpath... Or no, Bishop and Storm, like, duck behind a wall. Mm-hmm. And then you don't see anybody else, but, like, Blink opens up a portal mm. and colossus just stands there and gets tinged yeah, yeah. and then at the very back magneto's like okay stop and drop like he couldn't have fucking stopped it before it got there <laughs> he just didn't feel like it but he it's not without peril because he does end up missing one because we see one like impaled in his gut later on so he did miss one piece of shrapnel right. that ended up hitting him um, and Storm gets up, and it looks like they're like, yay, we did it. We beat all these Sentinels. Yay, hurrah. And then right at the last second, a Sentinel pops up on the other side of the wall and then just stabs Storm right in the gut, killing Storm instantly. She, they thro- It throws her off the side of the cliff. We see her body just tumbling to the ground, and then a bunch of Sentinels just come up over the wall and everybody's start laying to, waste to fucking everybody. Everybody's trying to fight them off. Oh, we did miss a scene in the, uh, in the plane on the way to D.C., because Wolverine is telling Professor X, like, we're going to still need you to, like, start the school and stuff. Mm, and yeah, he, he has says, to make me a promise. He says, you know, like, remember these names. Storm, Rogue. Gene. Gene. Scott. Scott. Remember these people. They will need you. Mm. Um, and he promises and then... We can flash back to where we're at now. <laughs> we're at. Uh, we see uh, Magneto and the chaos of everybody getting their asses handed to him. He takes a bunch of like scrap metal and throws it against the main entrance, trying to block them even well, he more. Th- he throws it at the Sentinels first, oh, and then sorry. he walks in and once again like seals the door behind him, like he did. 
I didn't think I thought Kitty pulled him in. I thought he stayed on the outside. It could have been. I don't remember exactly how he got back inside. I, just I thought Kitty pulled him I in. I just remember that he ends up back inside. Yeah. Uh, what I thought happened is that he's on the outside. Let's just like, the, I will be the last stand of anybody getting through this door. He stands right there, and then Kitty, with her ability, goes through the entire blockage right there, pulls Magneto in, and they're all inside. Because at this point, Colossus has been ripped apart, literally ripped in half. Ripped in half. Um, Sunspot has been, um, I think basically just extinguished because I think it just similar to what we got in the beginning of the movie where he just, With a Bobby. bunch of cold shit ends up hitting uh, Sunspot. Um, uh, we see Bishop being just impaled with just a bunch of energy at the same time and he can't take it and fucking explodes. Um, who else we got? We see Warpath. I think he just, like his head gets crushed or something. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I think so. Um, Blink and she's one of the last ones alive. Mm. She's just throwing portals everywhere. They're trying to get them to as, miss their like swings and stuff. As she is like closing one up, uh, right behind her that like uh Sentinel had just like dove through, mm. it turns around and turns its right arm at the last into second a, into a blade and stabs her in the gut. Yeah. Um, she goes down and yeah, that's when Kitty pulls in Magneto and they're all just inside this main corridor waiting for something to happen. Um, we cut back to 73 and yeah, this is the moment where Magneto raises the bunker out of the ground. Um, oh, we also get a scene after Magneto like rebar, re-metals Wolverine. Oh yeah, yeah, he's like, you're a survivor, huh? He's like, survivor, huh? And he just fucking like launches, launches him into like the Potomac. Launches yep. him in the fucking Potomac. We see him sink to the ground. And he's slowly drowning at this point. Um, yeah, this is where now Magneto has the bunker up out of the ground. He rips open the front part of it. And as he does, he sees all the men in there. They all whip their guns out. Magneto takes all the guns. And a very similar scene from the first X-Men movie where he has all the guns floating in the air pointing towards where he wants. Um, Magneto turns around towards where the cameras are and turns them all on and then starts making a speech. And I wrote this one down because it's very interesting to... Uh, I didn't write it all down. I wrote most of it down anyway. Because uh, it's a very long speech and the m- important parts at the beginning. The majority. Uh, and so he, after Magneto's turn on the cameras, he, he says, you built these weapons to destroy us. Why? Because we are different. Humanity has always feared that which is different. Well, I'm to t- Well, I'm to tell you to tell the world your right to fear us. We are the future. We are the ones who will inherit this earth. And anyone who stands in our way will suffer. Um, and like I said, it goes on for a little bit longer. But and he, yeah, he ends up saying like, "This is this is all of your power, and this is but a fraction of mine. Mm-hmm. And I am one mutant." Basically saying, "If you try to get us, we will fucking end you." Yep. And uh, as he's saying this, um, it like cuts back to Hank in the back of the police car and you see him with like three hypodermic needles and he just stabs it into his leg and the uh, sentinel that's fighting him rips off the thing, uses its vision and it registers him as a human because Mm. he's taken so much of the serum that he is suppressed suppressed his mutant mutant ability to the point where he registers as a human. It looks around, sees Magneto and starts charging at Magneto 
who then is momentarily distracted from what he's doing and is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to tear this thing apart with all the metal that I put in it. He tears it apart as it's uh, running at him to, like, to subvert the, like, oh, the mutants can't destroy these things. He's like, see, even your weapons aren't nothing compared are to nothing compared to what I can do. Um, and then you see Nixon walk yeah. out of the bunker with one of the plastic guns. Well, right, but you don't know that yet. Yeah, he walks out and he's like, "Listen," or th- that happens before the Sentinel charges him because that's what distracts him long. Yeah, for him to pull out the gun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you see Nixon walk out and like, "Listen, it's fine. Just like take me. Let everybody else live. Mm-hmm. Just you know, like I'm I'm all you need to kill to make your point." And then you see inside the bunker and you see President Nixon sitting there and everybody's like, what? what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And then the Sentinel charges, it distracts Magneto, the Nixon. Yeah, faux Nixon, yeah. Grabs, a, grabs the plastic gun, shoots him in the neck. Yeah, basically distracts him or fucking like incapacitates him enough. For Mystique to transform into herself, she walks up to him. Um, she says, so "He says you used to be a better shot." Yeah, and she's like, "I still am." Yeah, because he drops to his knees as he's holding his neck, and he's like, "You used to be a better shot." He's like, "I am," and she just basically kicks his ass, he lays him Kick, out on yeah, the ground, yeah, kicks him right in the fucking noggin, <laughs> like right, right in the emblem. <laughs> yeah. That's that's why the uh, the horns are pushed into the. Like, actually emblazoned on it. To have her so, kick him in the yeah, head. Yeah, so she wouldn't hurt her foot whenever she kicked him in the fucking head. Okay. <laughs> it's as good a reason as any other. Right. Um, but then she turns around with the gun and points it directly at Trask. Mm-hmm. And you see Charles uh, project himself into... In front of Trask. Yeah, into her way. Mm-hmm. And... He's basically like, listen, I understand what he did. I'm furious at him for killing all of these mutants too. But if you kill him, you're just going to make a hundred more of him. Mm -hmm. If you don't and you try. You have the chance to show the world what mutants are really capable of. Yeah, what we can do just by saying we're not going to engage. Like you can make him the villain that he is not make you the villain. And he, and he's like, I've tried to control you your entire life. That's, that was wrong of me. And he says the line that his future self told him, like, just because you stumble on your path doesn't mean that you're lost forever. Like everybody needs a help, a little help. Sometimes everybody needs a little help. Sometimes I don't want to control you anymore. I believe in you. I believe that you'll do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And she ends up lowering the gun, turning, taking off Magneto's helmet. And said, Charles, he's all yours. Charles, he's all yours and walks away. We see Charles take control of Magneto. And I believe he does. Yeah. Because Magneto's trapped under like the steel like structure. Xavier. Xavier. Fuck. Xavier's trapped underneath the steel structure. He lifts it up off of him. Hank goes up, picks him up. Um, uh, he relinquished control of Magneto. Magneto's still holding his neck, and he's like, "You know, if you let me have them, I'm as good as dead. If you let them have me, 
What did I say? If you let me have them. Yes. If you let them have me. I'm as good as dead. I'm as good as dead. Um, and Xavier's like, yes, I know. And they just look at each other, and then Xavier, or Magneto just walks says, away. Says, goodbye, old friend. Yeah. He doesn't walk away. He floats away. That's right. Because Magneto does never walk. <laughs> yes, that's right. He floats away. Like Jesus. Still with the hands out and everything. Yep. Um, and I think a few seconds pass. Where basically everybody's just like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, everybody's looking around at each other. And then we cut to the future, and the Sentinels are nearly all the way through. We see the entire team around fucking Wolverine, around Xavier, around Magneto. Magneto's bleeding out because, remember, he had that shrapnel hit his gut. Um, he's slowly dying, and it looks like all is fucking lost. It's very you reminiscent see, of the opening scene where the Sentinels get through through a hole. We you see, see one of the Sentinels, like, open up its face and start getting ready to shoot its beam. Time and slows as, down. As the beam starts to shoot and everybody's awash in this orangish-yellow glow, Time slows down, and everybody vanishes. Yep. And it's like they were never there. Uh, all the damage that was done disappears. It's No one was ever there. Um, we then cut to Wolverine in bed. Um, waking up. Waking up. But I believe, yeah, young Charles starts monologuing in between, like, small snippets of Wolverine, like, wondering where the hell he yeah. is. He sees children walking, running all over the place. He sees Kelsey Grammer as Beast walking down the hallway saying... Morning, Logan. Late start, is it for you? As he walks by. And that's fucking Kelsey Grammer. He came in for came that in, one did that scene. that one line. That one scene. And fucked off. It's brilliant. Um, Probably spent six or eight hours in the in uh, makeup, yeah. makeup chair. Yeah. Fucking insane. But we hear young Xavier monologuing during all this, like all these small scenes and stuff. And he says, the past, a new and uncertain world, a world of endless possibilities and infinite outcomes. Uh, countless choices define our fates. Each choice, each moment, a ripple in the river of time. Enough ripples, and you change the tide. For the future is never truly set. And then right at that last moment, uh, whenever he says, for the future is never truly set, Wolverine turns around and sees Jean in a doorway. And immediately he's like, what the fuck is going on? Last I knew of, she was fucking dead. And I killed her. She's dressed in like the red of from the Phoenix. first one. No, it's the red dress from the first movie. Oh, is it? It's very. It's the exact same fucking outfit from the first movie. It's very. I thought. Much. I thought she looked a little bit more Phoenixified than mm. she did in the first movie. No, no, but it's it could the same have just red been, dress. Could have been my thought. Yeah. And he just kind of like walks up to her. He tries to touch her face. And it's like, Jean, and like reaches out to touch her face, and. <laughs> Uh, Scott. Scott Summers grabs his arms like, whoa, big boy, Like, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> and then Wolverine's like, some things never change. And he's like, I'm glad you're here, Scott, and pats him on the shoulder. And he's just like, the fuck is wrong with him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They walk out. And you see, like, through the small scenes, you see, like, uh, Colossus, like, leading children. Mm. And then you see a room uh, where Storm and Kitty Pride are holding like futuristic computer things, yeah, yeah. teaching the kids. Yeah. And they end up in, uh, as, uh, Scott's like, you know, what the fuck Logan? Why like, is he being nice to me? What? There's problems. Like you're just <laughs> does not compute. You're, you're acting really fucking weird, dude. <laughs> and they fuck off. And, um, he walks in and it's Xavier's office and Xavier floats around on his like, Hover wheelchair? Yeah, pretty much. 
And it's like, oh, Logan, shouldn't you be prepping for your class? And he's like, I have a class? And he's like, yeah, you're teaching history. And Wolverine's like, I could actually use some help with that. See, I don't really remember the past 40 years or so. Hmm. And then the professor's like, you you did it. Yeah. He remembers, like, oh, shit. Welcome back, old friend. Yep. Um, And he's like, what? And we see Professor Xavier almost with, like, this giddy, like, what do you remember last? Because there's so much I got to fucking tell you. And, oh, we also get, like, as he's talking, we get scenes from the 70s of Wolverine's body being fished out of the Potomac. Mm -hmm. And they ask, they're like, what do you want to do with this, Colonel Stryker? He's like, I'll take it from here, boys. And then he turns around. He smiles at the lifeless body of Wolverine. And he turns around, looks at, he doesn't look straight at the camera, but looks just past it. And then his eyes glow. But then they don't do anything with it in the other movies. Right. They just have the indication that Mystique is the one that fishes him out of the water, not William Stryker or anything like that. Because initially they're like, oh, so because they changed the past, this is how Wolverine becomes Weapon X and all that. But then turns around and it's fucking Mystique as fucking Colonel Stryker. And I'm just like, what the fuck does that mean? And then we never follow up on it at fucking all. Right. So, but yeah, there's like a giddy look in the professor's eyes. He's like, oh, there's so much I get to tell you. (laughs) Uh, And then we cut to credits. Yep. And then the credits start rolling. Um, And we also get the, in that monologue, we get like newspaper clippings, like you said, of um, Trask being arrested and then for trying to sell secrets to the enemy to sell secrets to the enemy and then he ends up in the mid-credit scene yeah you watch it because i was just gonna get to the mid-credit scene and the end credit scene in the uh (laughs) the prison that magneto was in and he's just laying there not doing anything he's just laying there peter peter dinklage with a beard yeah beard and long hair just laying there just like this is what i do on a friday i just lay here as food comes to me Yep. Uh, and then the rest of the credits roll. And then I did you watch the after credit scene? So the after credit scene doesn't really fit in with the rest. It kind of does, but it doesn't because of who uh, the character is that they're all who's using his ability to make the pyramids and shit. Um, so the actual name of the character um, is N Sabah Nur, um, which is N Sabah Nur, which is uh, Apocalypse. Yep. Um, that's his Egyptian name, I believe. Um, and we just have a bunch of people like chanting, I think, En Sabah Nur. Yep. Uh, as we see a bunch of like uh, rocks. And He's shit. basically making the, the pyramids. pyramids. Uh, the, and Egyptian it, pyramids. It's slowly like it's just you see the person from behind and then it like pans around and you see like the profile of his face. Mm. Blue skin. Blue skin. And then it completes its like. Pan around, yeah. And you see, like, full on the face of Apocalypse. But it's like an early version of Apocalypse. Right. It's not the full version. And over on, like, the next sand dune over, you see... In the background. Four people... On horses. On horses. Yeah. Which, if you know anything about the comics, are the four horsemen of Apocalypse. Apocalypse, And we'll get more into that whenever we watch Apocalypse, which I have huge issues with that movie. Yeah. Main one being... The, crit- the criticism has been made before, and it's fucking true. He looks like Ivan Ooze from the Power Rangers movie. It looks 
fucking horrendous. Yep. I don't know what the thought logic was behind the look of that the apocalypse because we have a perfect apocalypse look in the comics. Just try to translate that into the fucking movie. We've seen time and time again how Marvel just takes from the page and puts it in the movie. How fucking awesome it is. Just do that. Yeah, Why you, do you have to gum you've up the already, works? If you've already got a good look, just stick with it. Yes. Um. Anyway, this movie I really fucking enjoy. It's between this movie and Logan that I bounce back and forth between the two. Because I really, there are small, like, little details that I'm just like, why are we doing this? Like, Mystique being Colonel Striker at the end of the movie. It'll always be Logan for me. But this is, this is way up. Mm -hmm. Like, this is on the the top end of Mm -hmm. the the series spectrum. Yeah. Logan's really good, and I can't wait till we get to that, because it's like a Western, like a old man Western type movie where... It's literally everything I want from the Wolverine (laughs) movie. Uh, But... Uh, this this is a very good movie, um, but don't just take my word for it. Let's see what the critics and the <laughs> the whole audience think, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so the Rotten Tomatoes score for the critics is ninety percent, and the audience ninety one. Yeah, so it's very fucking so close. We're in pretty good. Uh, <laughs> we're in pretty good company. Yep. And uh, so the budget for this movie was also shit. Got a bunch of shit here, Ryan. Um, so the budget for this movie was $200 million. Now remember, this m- movie had a huge fucking cast with it. A bunch of them, A-lister ca- uh, um, members of the cast. We got Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, Ian McKellen, um, Anna Paquin, because remember, at this point, she is somewhat of an A-lister with True Blood and all that, because that's going on at this point in her life. Um, what was going on? I was just looking at the cat. It looks like it's going to start jumping at the... Oh, at the dishwasher? Dishwasher. Uh um, so that's why the budget is so high. And I'm only mentioning that because they don't make a whole lot their opening weekend. So the opening weekend, they made $90.8 million on just the opening weekend. And I will give you the adjusted gross for $2021. Um, domestically, altogether, made $234 million. Internationally, $512.2 million. Altogether, $746.1 million. Not bad. Um, so, uh... From 2014 to 2021, there's a 15.3% increase in um, inflation. inflation. And uh, the budget for 2021 dollars, $230.7 million. Uh, opening weekend, $104.8 million. Domestically, $269.9 million. Internationally, $590.7 million. Altogether, uh, $860.4 million. So nearly a billion dollars for just the one movie in 2021 dollars anyway. Right. Well, I mean, it's three quarters of a billion in 2014 dollars. Right. Not, not a, bad. For just one movie, not bad. Um, I just... Wish, there were a few things I wish they would have fucking just followed up in the next X-Men movie. They just ignore that completely and go with the younger cast. I wish we would have gotten a newer movie with the older cast. Yeah. With this new timeline that they've now set up, but they don't. They just go back to the younger cast with McAvoy, which I'm perfectly fine with. I just wish we also would have gotten an older version of those characters as well. Right. Maybe have two I mean, movies come out at the same I time. Mean, we do kind of with Logan, but it's only two of the characters. Right. So we don't we don't get Cyclops. We don't get Gene in that movie. Uh, anyway, we'll get to those movies when we get to those. I really enjoy this movie. I can't wait uh, uh, to see what... I'm, I keep fucking mentioning this. I cannot wait to see what uh, Marvel is going to do because, and I only mention that um, because, and I completely forgot to bring it up, is because Evan Peters is Quicksilver in this movie. If you haven't watched WandaVision yet, 
skip ahead about 10 minutes because I'm going to spoil something in WandaVision. I've already told you this yeah. as well. Um, you haven't watched it yet, but I have told you this. So Evan Peters shows up as Wanda's brother in WandaVision playing Quicksilver, only she doesn't recognize him in the in the WandaVision D- Disney Plus series. Doesn't know him at all. We know him as Quicksilver from the movies, but what they do with the character, it's a little irritating. I hope they fucking do more with the character later on because it by the end of the series for WandaVision, it's just a giant swerve to fucking get people to look over here and not over here at other things. Um, and I don't want to spoil anything else, but it's just a, it's irritating what they do with him. I hope they do, especially after the Loki series ended and we have this whole explosion of like the multiverse and all the shit that they could do with that. Hell, have you seen the Spider-Man Far From Home or No Way Home trailer? No, I haven't watched it yet. What is wrong with you? I specifically didn't watch it because I didn't want it to be the only thing we talked about today. What is wrong with you? I just told you. <laughs> uh, the only reason... That's insane. That is an insane reason. We've constantly talked about stuff beforehand, and we've gotten through the movie now, and I'm just like, why haven't you watched it? Why haven't you watched the trailer? Because, holy fuck, do you know of some of the stuff? Yes. So you know what you see in the trailer? Yes. Okay. If you haven't watched the trailer, go watch it. Anybody can fucking watch it now. It's like a two and a half minute teaser trailer. It's teaser to the fucking max, because all you see is like small scenes for the entire movie. Hello, so, Peter. Yes, we see Doctor. We see the arm come out of like a fucking the de- de- dilapidated like bridge, and out comes Alfred Molina as fucking Doc Ock from Spider Man Two from like two thousand and four. Come out and say hello, Peter. What the fuck does that mean? I know the multiverse is now introduced because of what happened to the Loki series. Does that mean we're gonna get fucking Tobey Maguire's fucking Spider Man? We're gonna get Andrew Garfield's fucking Spider Man? Because I'm keep on hearing rumors that fucking Lizard's in this movie. He's in the Andrew Garfield fucking movie. Fucking Electro. hell. We know Electro's in this movie with Jamie Foxx Jamie Fox, because he's been confirmed for the cast. Right. So fucking Andrew Garfield has to be in this movie. Same with Tobey Maguire. I don't know what the fuck is going on with this movie, but I'm fucking excited because we also see uh, the Green Goblin's pumpkin bomb come into frame. Yeah. And we hear what sounds like Willem, Willem Dafoe's laugh. Like, like menacing like like Green Goblin <laughs> laugh. I cannot wait for that movie. It looks fucking fantastic. Just from the little scenes we got anyway. Especially after Loki series where we have, we literally have the multiverse just exploding in front of us in that series. The, the possibilities are limitless in this movie. Cannot wait. Anyway, that's pretty much all I got. Well, that's all I've got. Make sure to comment, rate, subscribe. Tell us what you think about X-Men First Class. Tell us what you think about some of the other, or uh, not first class. No, no. No, no. <laughs> Days of future past. <laughs> let, me, let me do that again so it has the same energy. Tell us what you think about X-Men Days. I almost fucking did it again. <laughs> Tell us what you think about X-Men first. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what you think about X-Men Days of future past. <laughs> I knew I could do it. First take. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that only took one take, Ryan. Wow, you are amazing. <laughs> I'm going to edit it like that. It's where I just say, oh, you are amazing. <laughs> I know. Uh, also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Nerdinian. Don't forget to follow me on both those platforms at that wanker. You can also find me on TikTok at that wanker without an E, but all I post is a lot of like snippets from our podcast. So Fuck. God bless it. What did you do? Smashed my funny bone into the <laughs> corner of the chair. <laughs> also, 
I'm blanking at the beginning of it. Uh, 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 fuck it. What is the line? Um, oh, also, and remember. And remember. I was blanking on and remember to get to that point. And remember, hope is like the sun. If you only believe it when you can see it, then you'll never make it through the night.